Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credits scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Uh, welcome to the Anime Expert Podcast, like the only comprehensive podcast about anime where both hosts know everything there is to know and like anime as well. They also like every anime. <laughs> we know everything there is to like about anime. <laughs> the the drawings? The draw the the um the yeah that's those sounds. Yeah, you know? the um uh this. <laughs> you know mm. when they um it's uh, clearly it's obviously a visual thing mm. but when it's like a when they're embarrassed or they're like laughing and they like kind of like rub their nose mm. um with their finger which is um I, I mean i don't need to tell you as a fellow expert of um yeah. of anime the, the anime uh, finger nose rub yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> the afna <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um this is of course an offshoot of the um, we started as the the anime expert podcast, uh, and then we kind of we decided to do something a bit more niche uh, mm. when film franchises, and uh, so we made this cult popsha. And <laughs> <laughs> obviously, as it would follow, film franchises. You think, what am I going to call my podcast about film franchises? I'm going to call it cult popsha. So that's where you're listening to this <laughs> cult popsha podcast. This is film franchise fortnights, and what are we here to talk about today, AJ? Well, I'm Richard. Richard thank you, thank you. <laughs> um so yeah we we've we've covered um all every franchise you under the sun and so that naturally the only one left to do, <laughs> naturally the only one left to do is uh i guess the 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 show it's based off is called neon genesis evangelion but all the movies are just called evangelion so what is it is it the evangelion movies yeah i would i would say the the evangelion series um, evangelion yeah. yeah, and I, I appreciate your pronunciation there. Um, Evan, yeah. Evangelion, Evangelion um, are kind of the two ones, but it's that hard G is what it, you're after. And I, I looked for it as well. I made sure I had it. <laughs> you're like, where's that hard G? I know it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so this is this is sort of a third uh, podcast in a trilogy of mm. of anime uh, franchises we've done. The first being Yu-Gi-Oh!, which I hosted, then Death Note, which I hosted, though technically was not anime. It was live-action mm. uh, adaptations. And now we're, we... Yeah, we actually uh, didn't watch any anime for that episode. <laughs> well, you didn't, I did. <laughs> After a, um, a God, a, a dirty, filthy fight to, to, the, vote, to the Patreon vote <laughs> um, in order to get this chosen by our patrons for, for our next franchise. Yeah, it succeeded. The, the, so we... we, we so here's the full st- for those of you who listen who aren't part of the Discord, which you should be. You should get in the Discord server. There's a link. But in also, the show if you're notes. not, that's fine. That's also fine. But you should. But you should. Uh, 
if you were in there a week prior to this even being suggested for the Patreon vote, <laughs> I had to make a new channel on the Discord called Anime Toilet because somehow Evangelion was being discussed in like three or four different channels on the Discord. And people, including myself, were like, I don't care about this. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> and so then, yeah, some some dirty voting tactics. You know, a lot of people calling to, well, to a, Alleged dirty voting tactics. <laughs> uh, people registered registering multiple well one person allegedly patriot accounts uh landed us with uh neon genesis evangelion um which we are going to talk about now (laughs) yeah so this is famous famous i should say famous for its like illegibility to those outside of the know right Mm. like that's that's the joke you got me guys you got aj Mm. you got the guy who doesn't like anime to watch the the twin peaks of anime the complex hard to understand very deep lore very emotionally driven anime Mm. you did it well done everybody the guy with no emotions (laughs) um forced to watch an emotional series um yeah this the did you have much prior knowledge of neon genesis evangelion before um this this week where it just was thrust into your life (laughs) i knew that it was about giant robots um i when i was in high school my friend had a poster for what i think was two evangelion 2.22 you cannot advance i think it was that one right um but that was about it i knew it was a tv show and a series of movies and that's it yeah nice yeah so um, we, we are here to talk about those movies um not so much the show uh you haven't seen the show i watched the show this last two weeks making mm. this the third time that i have watched an entire tv series uh in preparation for a podcast after scream and yeah. death note and the fourth time either of us have done it after you watched baby talk for richard talking what would you do if i said i did watch the tv show i would not believe you i watched the tv show <laughs> i don't believe you i did i can tell you the tv i so here's the story right okay because i don't the, believe you after the end of of the riddick episode we were talking about the show and you said, I'm just going to watch it. It's only 26 episodes, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, Richard will be so impressed with me if I watch mm. the whole TV series. And then I thought, in fact, uh, this could be a way to finally redeem myself for the lost <laughs> episode for the Die Hard Home Alone <laughs> scenario, where I'm still keeping, I'm still withholding information still, from him. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a positive thing. I get maybe three quarters of through the TV show, and our our um, discourse between each other, like on on our Facebook Messenger chat, really starts to swing in the way of, "Hey AJ, it's great that um you can come into this as not knowing anything." <laughs> and I'm three quarters of the way through the show, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what if it's just the lost episode again? What if he gets really upset with me for what I was trying to do a good thing?" And now I'm like, "Oh my god." And so until this mo- moment right now that I've seen you laugh, I didn't know if this was going to be the end of the podcast or not. Yeah. I mean, that is annoying that you watched it. Oh, I thought you'd be happy. I thought you'd be impressed. Um, no, I'm impressed. I still don't believe you, but... Um, Do you know? You want, an, you want proof? Yes. 
Um, first of all, ask Vincent because uh, from our Discord because I had to message him and be like, why do they have to be 14? Um, <laughs> which we'll get back to. Um, but if I go on Netflix, because the whole series is on mm. Netflix, I can show you that, um, I mean, no, I can't prove this <laughs> to, the, to the people listening, but I can show you uh, that episodes have been watched. Okay. Yeah, that's episode one's been watched. Yep. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not not really seeing uh, proof Whatever here. Whatever you are, <laughs> I watched it. I did it. I did. I watched the anime. <laughs> okay, well, um, I didn't want to. <laughs> it wasn't. I wasn't proud of it. I was trying to, to like. <laughs> You're deeply put, ashamed. It like it wasn't hard to keep it to yourself. I was trying to put the extra work in, and. Um, I understand that the first movie in the series mm. uh, maybe needed the perspective of someone who hadn't seen the anime. Uh, it's great that it doesn't. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm genuinely. Uh, this is this is great. This is very funny. Okay, um, good. And this is <laughs> this almost redeems you for the last episode. Wow, still a wee way to go there. <laughs> I'm literally shaking right now. <laughs> I was so worried. Um, so, did you watch? So, because because earlier on the week I said to you like because because um when we covered Rocky mm. I watched like the first one then there was like four or five days um where I, I didn't watch any and you were like uh you leave this uh pretty late just saying to do because we at, yeah. at that time hadn't decided if we were doing Rocky and Creed in the same episode mm. um, but I had like five days off and I was planning to watch all of them in that time mm. kind of thing and then I said the same thing to you it was like you know the other week how you said that i was being slow with watching the rocky movies because i haven't seen you log any <laughs> evangelion movies but yes, so that was so, because i was watching yeah. the show and, and so you so you watched the entire show before watching the first movie yeah? correct and uh you a couple of times and, and what is now you can look back on as a very cute thing that happened as you would message me things about the show and being like you're not going to believe this and i just just like I mean, yeah, I know. I know there's a penguin called Pen Pen, and it's weird that there's a penguin in this <laughs> I know that it sexualizes these young girls in a really weird way. I know all these things, and I can't tell anyone. Wow. Wow. Well, but I feel hey, like an idiot now. 23-minute-long <laughs> episodes. I watched maybe three a day yeah. to get through them all. Yeah, I maybe watched somewhat. a couple more when it got good, about three-quarters of the way through. Episode, like, 18, 19, yeah. Yeah, it's if you've never seen the show before, it's f- fucking boring for like <laughs> eighteen episodes, and then it's really good for three episodes, and then it's boring again, and and ends in the most bizarre. I it's it's so it, the ending is so weird. Yeah, I understand I, why they they yeah, did yeah, what yeah. they did, which we're, we're getting. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, we haven't even I'm seen sorry. what the bloody movies are I'm, yet. I'm yeah, no, I can understand why you wanted to get this off your chest. But I'm um, nervous. So the, the movies we're here to talk to, uh, about today are Evangelion, and so this was we talked about this last week. But there's a lot of different versions of it. The one that's on Netflix, the one that's most widely distributed in the West, is uh, Evangelion Death, and then in brackets True Squared. Or true to I, it rhymes, so that's the easiest way to refer right. to it. Right, and it's a it's like the extended edition version. Yeah, it's, it's it's slight changes. So it was originally like death and the re, death and rebirth, and then mm. rebirth was be, later became end of Evangelion. It was like yeah. a teaser for that, and then there was death true, and now there's death true squared. Um, not I, I'm not 100 sure like what the differences are, but mm. I, I think it's actually like added fo- new footage that was made for death and rebirth was taken out to create death true. 
Right. So they, they did some stuff to make it easier to follow and they took those out. It's not a, didn't do a very good job. <laughs> easier to follow. After that was End of Evangelion, which is like the finale of the series, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then years later, there's uh, what's called the Rebuild series, the Rebuild of Evangelion, uh, which is... We're going to be talking about these titles, don't you worry. Evangelion 1.0 or 1.11. Again, there's like a, a lot of these things have re-edits. The ones we watched um, are the 0.11 or 0.11. Um, so I'll just say those, but all of them do have a like 0.0. So uh, Evangelion 1.11, you are not alone, not being in brackets uh, or parentheses. Evangelion 2.2, 2.2. 22 or 2.22 you cannot advance not again in parentheses evangelion 3.33 or 3.33 you cannot redo not being in parentheses and then of course for the fourth one evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01 thrice upon a time (laughs) and if you uh have not watched any of these movies but you're a fan of our show hey We'll see you on the next one. Maybe skip to the end to see what the yeah. next franchise is. Uh, because this is the so much about the series is incomprehensible. And well, okay, I'm trying to. Okay, but this is the thing. And, and this is kind of like, it's good that we're talking about this beforehand before we get into like really detailed plot stuff. Because I think like a- Evangelion is like one of, and you're going to say, people are going to say I need to broaden my horizons, but it's like one of the most subjective pieces of art I've ever seen. Right. And it's like, th- this is, because people, because someone on the Discord said, um, oh, my friends ripped me out because I liked 3.33 more than End of Evangelion. And it's like, I can't argue with any opinion on these mm. because it's so like you take out of you can get out of it such different things from anyone else and i would say that even if you're like i mean i always say like if you're curious and i think it's good that you should just you know pause this go out and watch it this is like i even think if you if you listen to this entire podcast and are spoiled it's probably not going to ruin the experience like Mm -hmm. this evangelion to me is a lot more about how it makes you feel than how then then you know the, the actual plot driving forward yeah i'd say especially in, in the likes with the likes of end of evangelion um that that was a movie i rate i it might be my favorite one mm. uh but i couldn't tell you what happened in it yeah yeah i just thought it was re- it was it was really interesting yeah um but so i get it kind of in lieu of death true squared which is mm-hmm. the first movie we're talking about came out in um i didn't write this down <laughs> came 1997 out. yeah i believe so um yeah 97 i, I death true Two might have been a couple years later but the, the first release of it was then and also didn't mention this as well but um all these films were created uh were directed by and the entire anime is created by a guy called hideaki ano whose mm-hmm. name you might remember from what aj uh when i secretly watched all of evangelion in a week <laughs> now do you know what else hideaki ano did no i don't Shin Godzilla. Ah, cool. Yeah, so... Um, that makes a lot of sense, actually, now yeah, that I'm yeah. comparing the two in my mind. And he also uh, voices, in the, the original um, voice cast, he voices the main character in The Wind Rises by Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, no shit. Well, hmm. that's, which ra- was, that's random. Yeah, which was supposed <laughs> to, like, it's... Knowing that, it's kind of this, like, beautiful, um, like, passing of the torch kind of thing. Because that was 2013, and there was a nine-year gap between films where... He made The Wind Rises and Shin Godzilla, 
and it feels like he discovered himself at that time again uh, but Mm. getting ahead of ourselves so yeah what is neon genesis evangelion and therefore evangelion death true squared about so the the basis of the story from as much as i can gather and tell me what i'm getting wrong listeners (laughs) i would love to hear from you this this is gonna be like (laughs) uh, this is gonna be our most i'm actually episode (laughs) ever so it is about a little boy <laughs> named Shinji. Uh, hold on, I've got oh, I've got a character actually, list. I, for- I, I forgot. Can I do something here? Yeah. Um. So I was like, I came into this research being like, I'm going to go fucking, you know, full on this bitch. So I actually wrote um like uh, my little version of like an aj episode intro um which kind well, of you can do it um, it's not well it's not <laughs> i forgot i wrote it um so this is my best impression of how aj starts an episode okay neon genesis evangelion or simply evangelion is a japanese media franchise spawning uh from a 26 episode anime created by hideaki ano which aired from october 1995 to march 1996 Evangelion centers around a 14-year-old boy named Shinji Ikari, a pilot of AV Unit 1, a giant humanoid mech, more on that later, used by paramilitary organization NERV, or NERV to uh, fight hostile beings called angels while the franchise appears on the surface to be a simple shonen anime about mechs. Towards the end of the series run, it begins to explore religious, psychological, and philosophical themes, culminating in a controversial finale, the reaction to which spawned the film franchise that we are here to talk about today. Very good. We've really switched roles on this episode, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. You've, you've given it a wee AJ intro, and I did a wee uh, Richard Prep yeah cramming the series (laughs) yeah yeah okay well there you go so there's a little boy named shinji um and i guess spoilers for the series from here on out because there's no use talking about this um but for for death this is what i've written for the death true 2 uh Synop- cause I, you know, you asked me to write synopsis, so I wrote uh, an incomprehensible 69-minute montage of clips from the show, which jumps around sporadically and inexplicably uh, tells the story out of order. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, are, there, is, there is a big <laughs> moment that happens over episodes 18, 19, 20 that, to me, really hooked me mm. because it was in that order and in true two they tell 19 then go back to 18 <laughs> and i was yeah. like who imagine if i'd watched it this way without any yeah, context yeah, yeah. it'd be so weird I, yeah I, I am glad you didn't um because i would hate for your like introduction to the franchise to be so sour you know because mm. i feel like that would paint a picture of how you view the rest of the stuff because mm. um and also, I think it actually, now that you mentioned, I think Vinny kept your secret. Um, yeah, totally. Because I believe I've spoken to him yeah. um, about you not having seen it. and him, yeah. But him talking about how excited he is to see your reaction. He, <laughs> so he, like, um, we just recently did a, on our Patreon, we did a Cold Popcher movie club, which Vincent was a part of, where he referenced Evangelion, to which I responded, ah, oh, well, I haven't seen it. And he gave a little giggle after that. That was <laughs> the cadence of a giggle that of knows, he's, knows something. Yeah, he's hiding yeah. a secret. Um, I don't. What else needs to be said about about we, Death True Two specifically, um, or even is like, any prep yeah, what, for the 
yeah but, but like, like you say it's like it is incomprehensible you described <laughs> it as one of the worst movies we've watched for the podcast <laughs> in the sense that like like animation's good the storyline that is there and it's good mm. but um and what uh, in terms of what a movie should do it's it's terrible I, I'll, mm. I'll fully give it that and my review mm. for this was just watch the series mm. Which I did. Yeah, you did. There you go. Full power to you. But the um, <laughs> the uh, the thing about this is like, because it's similar to the Death Note recaps, which we mentioned when we covered Death Note, which is, those ones are like the entire series. Like, here's every single plot beat that happened. We've just taken out any filler, like anything, mm. the, the gaps between words and just crammed it together. And it's this incomprehensible thing because it's, it's, trying to get the entire series across in that amount of time death true Two feels like it's uh it's more of remember how evangelion made you feel Mm. it's like it it, it is like it's a sizzle reel it's it's highlights and it gives you a vibe and it's 100 percent supposed to be remember this not this Mm -hmm. yeah Okay, I'm going to go through a series of bullet points of what I think is pertinent information for listeners to for it to have been said out loud right so let's i'll go through the characters and maybe that'll be a way to to do it so so our main character shinji akari who is very shy timid spends a lot of the series being useless (laughs) like (laughs) absolutely useless um and realistic yeah, that's true. And I, I had a little joke in my mind that I never fully formed into a se- and to be able to say it naturally. But you know how um, every James Bond and every Mission Impossible movie, he goes rogue and mm. it, it's like removed. He never just does a mission. Like for the Evangelion version of that is Shinji saying he's never going to pilot an Avery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that happens so many times um, where, and it really does lose its, its venom, I think. Mm. Um, so next on the lineup, we have Masato Katsugari, who is... Kasuragi. Kasuragi, sorry, who uh, works at Nerve and is sort of Shinji's keeper. She's a little bit older than him, but uh, flirt, flirts with him quite a bit um, and we'll, looks, we'll after, get, we'll <laughs> looks after him. And I thought was either a, a rich character or a very inconsistent character, very poor character. as she goes from uh, being very peppy and bubbly to sort of a hardline like military militaristic um captain in the organization uh then we have uh ray ayanami who is a uh young girl and she pilots <laughs> yeah, good luck <laughs> yeah, explain who ray is <laughs> ray is 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 the pilot of ava unit zero um and is is both a love interest for shinji maybe his sister but also his mum <laughs> yeah. and also a clone a clone of his mum, and she uh, is sort of imbued with this sort of spirituality to her. That yeah. she's the she's the like she's who you'd get a poster of. I feel, or the mechs, I guess. I'm not a mech guy, so I was more interested in the. Characters. I, I, I am into girls. <laughs> <laughs> she like you know like Les Mis, like hey Les Mis has the oh, girl on it. it. Yeah, yeah, she's that for the, for Evangelion. Well, yeah, because because there's the classic end of Evangelion, like the giant head. Exactly. Um, and so personality-wise, she's very um, timid, but also confident. And what, what her kind of personality is that she lacks a personality. And yeah, not in yeah. like a, oh, she's fucking boring. It's no. like, this is what makes the character complex, is that yeah. she was born without a personality, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Unlike all of us. who, are, who are, I, I came out the womb being like, <laughs> hey, the, I'm going to start a podcast five, about yeah. movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, next, we have Asuka, or uh, they call her Asuka, but I would pronounce that name, Asuka. Uh, yeah, that, that's like a, a Japanese thing that like when there's like a U in the middle of a mm. word like that, it's like, it, mm. it's, it disappears. So she is a, a German, she's she's from Germany. Mm. Uh, which, Not that that matters. <laughs> yeah, comes up, it somehow is the surname Suryu, despite coming from Germany. Um, and she is the pilot of Ava Unit 2. And she is also a love interest of Shinji and uh, is not related to him in any quasi way, thankfully. Uh, and she, her sort of defining personality trait is that she's very intense and angry all the time. She's, and, and she's all, bratty. Bratty and always calls him idiot Shinji. She's or almost... if you watch the, uh, the, the uh, subs, yeah. uh, it's uh, Shinji Baka. Ah, yeah, because that's like, like the meme. Like, yeah, like the meme, because that's what that's what it means. Like foolish person, Shinji Baka. Baka, or I like Baka that. Shinji. Um, and she, uh, I quite liked her character, despite being like on the insufferable. surface, insufferable. Insufferable, <laughs> yeah. but like the the relationship they build between her and Shinji is very mm. compelling. I thought. Uh, we don't really need to talk about Mari Makanami yet. She uh, doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, but then there's Gendo Akari, or Gendo Akari yeah. who is uh, Shinji's father who is running Nerve and um, is like, you. I, I'm a terrible father, but everyone is for some reason going to be on my side. That's his catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, he's so he's the, the boss of Nerve who makes everyone get in, in the Avers. And as the series goes on, we talk, we'll talk about the alternate timelines and stuff, but I feel like a consistent theme that they keep across all the timelines is that he has nefarious purposes for his own, <laughs> his own um, the, you know, the things he wants to do. Uh, we've got uh, Ritsuko Akagi, who's sort of uh, another commander at Nerv, who I don't really have much to say about her as a character. Yeah, I feel like whatever importance she has to the plot, and there is importance to the plot, but that was part of the the stuff I've I sectioned off in my brain as like, just don't worry about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Her her mum is like a central computer system or something There's like a computer, that. Computer, yeah. What every every like computer or mech in the show has the soul of someone's mum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Kozu Fuyutsuki, who is an old like professor who has dealings with um, uh, Shinji's mum in the past and Nerv mm. in the past. Uh, we got Ryoji Kai- Kaji, who is like the on and off again boyfriend of Masato, and uh, kind of almost like a. a and one of the only like male role models for Shinji, mm. who also I don't know if he works at Nerve, but he he's got he's got dealings. He's like a double agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then we've got Kaworu Nagisa, who is like in one episode. <laughs> yeah, he's like secretly the the last of the angels, um, but he forms like a a bond a with kinship, a kinship with Shinji. Um, yeah, I was that was one of the things that um, because you watched the anime has been robbed from this podcast but i'm mm. um, telling you that he's only in one episode of the anime because right, he's such a huge part of the rebuild and do you know what i actually thought it was poor in the anime that he's introduced so late and one of the things i liked about yeah. the rebuilds is that they set up because that's what you probably should do with that character is set him up from the start yeah yeah um and then we've got toji and kensuki who are shinji's schoolmates and uh toji's got a much more significant role in the anime that is uh, yeah, very yeah. much stripped from but like it's not even even death true 2 strips away the main mm. thing about him doesn't it 
or does it just not i, 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 I just think it doesn't dwell on it if it if yeah it yeah there, yeah um and and so those are the characters which i did like i liked i liked a lot of the characters mm. And that's probably my biggest takeaway is I, I found them interesting characters. And uh, significant things that happen in the anime, again, as I said, the first, like, three chords of the show are just, and there's another angel, but this, one's, week, yeah. this one's at sea. <laughs> now you've got to fight that one. Uh, and then um, uh, Toji, who I just mentioned, is uh, inscripted into Nerve to be the pilot of the fourth of the Ava fourth Unit children, four. they call them. Mm, uh, which was very confusing because halfway it, through the series, I was it's like, a "Plural, <laughs> it's plural. What are you talking about?" Yeah, I think it's just a uh, translation error, I think. Uh, and he, so he pilots Ava Unit Four, which is then like taken over by an angel. And in a very um, compelling scene, mm. Shinji must fight, and, and it looks like he kills Toji uh, beyond his control because he actually surrenders control of the Ava. But uh, the nerve and and gendo still make him kill him um and this uh and as well as this um uh ray gets 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 like absorbed by the the um evil ava and so shinji in an attempt to get her back he like lets the ava that he's in go berserk go sicko mode as i wrote somewhere um and but and and it's revealed that ava i think it's revealed at that moment that ava are actually human and and the the armor around them is yeah. actually uh, it's not armor it's it's encasing it's a yeah. cage yeah uh yeah the, the whole thing about like ava's actually being human is like it's so much more complicated than that, mm. but I don't know. I, I a I don't know how much I actually understand it, and mm-hmm. b I don't know how much it's actually important to yeah. to the listeners to explain. That. Um, and uh, the the true death true two this recut of the series switches those very important moments around <laughs> so that you see him go full sicko mode to save Ray before you see him um kill t- or attempt you know nearly kill Toji, mm. and I thought that was pretty dumb because those events to me are because of each other and you can't mm. just switch them around um and that is that is more or less where the show where the where death true 2 ends um the, yeah, the, the death true 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 2 has kaoru in it yeah right, true yeah okay so it continues true two. further on from there um the anime uh, spoilers for the final two episodes of the anime um it ends with uh, everyone sitting around Shinji clapping for him in one of the most tonally <laughs> whiplash yeah. endings I've ever seen, and and it's it's I I call it that because I've now seen two other ways you can end the series, mm. and I'm just like, how is this what you landed on, dude? Budgetary constraints. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. They stop animating it for half the episode. It just becomes storyboards. Yeah, uh, but it's also that's motivated by the story. That's not like. I guess so. But I, so, so, okay, here we go. So this is also like Death True 2 is a, it's a bad recut. This is what you should do anyway is watch the series and we're discussing yes. the series instead. But the, the, the ending of the, the anime is like famously controversial. It yeah. was, they, they ran out of money. Um, uh, Hideaki Anno said what he wanted to do and they, you, you know, things fell apart. But the, they got death threats sent to the studio. Um, the, the two of them. Gainax um, studio. Death true too. <laughs> the the studio that did it got vandalized, and it was like this this huge thing. Watching it now, I'm 
like knowing it was like because because i was watching it with jess and we got to episode 24 and i was like are you ready for the last good episode of the show Mm because all i knew was that the last two episodes are garbage and i i quite like them again it's that thing of you're not necessarily sure how well i can explain what happens but Mm. it made me feel things and well i watched episodes uh i think 24 through 26 in one night and then immediately watched death true 2 afterwards so i was just like i fucking hate every fucking hate this i was (laughs) so mad (laughs) i was like what am i fucking doing where am i Um, but yeah, so the the kind of the the big end of the series is the mm. uh, launch of the Human Instrumal- Instrumentality Project, which is uh, the next evolution uh, put forward by Sale, mm. um, the next evolution of humans, where everyone is reduced to one giant primordial sea, yeah. um, where everyone has essentially created one consciousness because we're all missing parts of us, and everyone in the world can fill each other's holes, right. Okay, see, because people in the Discord were so, were so excited about, you know, Western entertainment predominant AJ, like, watching this this crazy thing that'll blow your mind, and, and comparisons to Twin Peaks, which is a show I like, were thrown out. But here's what I'll say about that comparison after watching the anime, mm-hmm. is that... I don't understand Twin Peaks in the same way like I don't understand a beautiful language, but I can still be like, wow, it's such a, you know, I can hear how wonderful these words mm. sound. I don't understand Evangelion in, a, in the same way I don't understand what I'm doing when I do my taxes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand what I'm filling out. I don't understand what an IR3 form is. I don't know what you're talking about. I just am told I have to do this. And mm. so it's not the same as, like, a cool dream or piece of art that I don't understand. It's more just functionally I don't understand what an AT field is. I don't understand. It's an absolute terror field. What the, it the, represents why the, uh, your ego why the ocean's red and you can you for a lot of the part a lot of the time you can just sit there and still let it wash over you mm. and understand enough story but then there'll be like especially in, in the rebuild the final two rebuild films it's like and because of this thing you don't understand this very important plot point happens yeah, yeah. and it's like okay well all righty <laughs> yeah the, what, what you said about not understanding a beautiful language I, that's such a a great metaphor um so thank you for that um but that that describes i think exactly how i feel about oh wow there you go um and that like but i I will say about ava mcgallion as well is that like reading plot synopses helps a fuckload that's another thing you you messaged me i was halfway through the series and you were like this is really one of those series where you've got to read the wikipedia page afterwards and i was like well, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just brute forcing my way through this. <laughs> yeah, like like if Wikipedia has. If you go to you know Evangelion, um, a list of episodes, it has like a paragraph description of each episode, and there's so much shit I got from there, and mm. and the movies as well. Because, but it's not even in because I've I've watched movies before where it's like that's mm. what happened. What the fuck? Like this yeah. did not come across. Watching reading the Evangelion synopses, I was like. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like that, well, that, and when yeah. I, when I wrote the synopses for the series as well, I did uh, feel that as well. That there were moments where I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that yeah. does make more sense now." Yeah. So overall, mm. did you enjoy the anime? Not really. I thought it was pretty boring. Um, I liked eighteen, nineteen, twenty, yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to be a dick to anyone. 
it's just it's not my cup of tea yeah. um i think because a lot of it is just that um monster of the week thing and i, yeah. I don't know i didn't really care about it i like the characters though mm. and i liked the uh will the they X-Files. won't they between <laughs> i i liked the will they won't they between um shinji and oscar um and i liked that and some Interesting, of the characters yeah. and, so um it's, yeah. it's also worth mentioning like this was my first exposure to the anime i've i've tried more than once to watch the show before mm. and got like two or three episodes in and and not continue with it one was when i was when, when i actually was like i'm gonna sit down and watch evangelion and i and i got nine episodes in i think and then i flew to christchurch because I, I watched them um at the airport i watched a bunch of them and then i flew to christchurch we recorded the episode on mvp and we rolled death note <laughs> and then i pivoted and watched death note mm-hmm. instead um to get through that and then it was it had been too long and i'd forgotten what happened in evangelion so then uh, when we rolled it again, I was like, cool, forcing myself to watch it. Mm. Um, because yeah. it's one of those things that I, I've always, the way people talked about it, I always found so fascinating. Um, like it, it just sounded like a cool series. And um, I was like, yeah, it's one of those things I want to have an informed opinion on. Uh, and yeah, I liked it. I, 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 I agree that it's, it's, it's just mech of the week for a bit too long. Mm. Um, but I guess it, uh, and I was saying this to someone the other day that like watching this back in 1995 slash 96 was first airing and was actually like one episode a week. I don't know why you would stick around Mm. till episode 20, you know, to get the payoff. Yeah, because and the Twin Peaks comparison, which is valid, but it's like Twin Peaks gets weird at episode two. So, Mm. you know, like that, that's, that's the, that's the trade off there. Um, I think that. I've got I've got a couple of things I want to say. This is let's say this is a this is this discussion about Death True Two, but it's more just the series, mm. which is yeah. one and the same. Um, one thing is the thing that the reason I told Vincent that I was uh, watching this series is because I was like, I've missed something, and I need to know mm. why can the Avers only be piloted by these children who are fourteen years old? Yeah. They're expressly fourteen, um, and he said that he's like, it's not so much that they're fourteen; it's more who they are. Mm. Um, but it does get answered, and I just grievance and i don't think it does get answered there there is a moment in the pilot where it would be very natural for shinji to say but why do i have to pilot it? i'm only 14 he doesn't say it he just accepts the responsibility well, he, he, they, they are told that they have to be young but the reason is that um the the children have to be uh the spawn of people who of women who died after the second impact which was 15 years earlier. What's the first impact? The creation of life. Ah, oh, no one ever tells you that. Mm. I had no idea that's yeah. what they were talking about. The first about. impact is... Um, <sighs> so it's like... like Because the, 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 the first two angels are Adam and Lilith, whose mm-hmm. names you might recognize from the Bible. And also names I recognize from the show. And, and no also point, our friend Adam. <laughs> and at no point in the series was I like... Yes, I understand who Adam and Lilith are. I yeah. do not need any more exclamation. <laughs> I was so lost with that shit. Yeah, so so Adam was like the first angel, and yeah, and so like all the the Avers apart from Ava Unit One um, are created from Adam. Um, okay. Much like Eve was created from Adam in the Bible. Eve. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> um, yeah, Adam and, then... and Eve Angel. I'm fucking hell. I never put that together. Yeah, and you're the big Bible boy. I'm not the big Bible. I never read the Bible. I was a fake Christian when I was Christian. <laughs> um, but speaking of uh, Christianity, it's... thinking of giving it a go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's um, all this like deep religious metaphors. There's so much religious iconography in the show and the movies, and essentially, um, it's mm-hmm. just. <laughs> Uh, words and images that the writers, none of whom were Christian, thought looked or sounded cool. And uh, um, uh, Suramaki, who's um, the the director, um, one of the directors of the show, um, said there's a lot of giant robot shows in, in Japan and we did want our story to have a religious theme to help distinguish us because Christianity is an uncommon religion in Japan. We thought it would be mysterious. None of the staff who worked on Ava are Christians. There's no actual Christian meaning to the show. We just thought the visual symbols of Christianity look cool. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Yeah. Um, Tell you what's what's not cool though. Mm. the over-sexualization of canonically 14-year-old girls. Mm. Uh, because that is almost enough for me to be like, this is bad. Like, Evangelion's a bad series because of how, like, it's it's like, like embraces being pedophilic. It's like, it like goes out of its way to, yeah, to I, I, sexualize like, these characters. If you'll unclutch your pearls for a moment, I... Never! <laughs> <laughs> I unclutch them and they scatter on the ground one by one like Bruce Wayne's mum. In slow motion, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I, I, I am curious as to how much it is, uh, like, a cultural difference. You know, mm-hmm. that like that this is just this is what women in Japan look like. They're not homosexual. <laughs> but I think at the same time it is very much like sex sales and as a society and their media, there's like a, a big sexual repression in Japan mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that that's like what a lot of their media reflects. And so I think that um I mean, you know, the classic example is having to pixelate um genitals in their in their porn and mm-hmm. their pornography. And so I think that that the kind of the the way anime girls are traditionally drawn is a little bit that kind of thing um yeah but, but, you, but mate, there are there are there are plenty 18. of moments in the show yeah exactly <laughs> there are plenty of moments in the show that are like it's important to the plot that 14 year old asuka has nice boobs you know <laughs> don't say like, it like that <laughs> <laughs> fair um, enough I mean, but, but it is though. <laughs> I guess so. I think it's it's not just that. There's also like the weird flirtatious energy between, um, pull up my character Misato list, Masato and, Shin- and Shinji. We're absolutely going to talk about that in End of Evangelion. Okay. So let's put a pin on that. <laughs> That's our last talking point, and <laughs> I won't let us touch it. Because I and I I liked I liked like there's a moment in the series where, um, you know, despite uh giving so much shit to shinji she's like oh maybe we should kiss and she, like that's that's wonderful coming of mm. age yum yum yeah yum. That, like that that's what 14 year olds should be doing yeah yeah sorry if you can hear a police siren my skylight window is open because yeah i just said a 14 year old was hot and- <laughs> <laughs> you did not say a 14 year old was hot that was not your words <laughs> i didn't but you know what <laughs> 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 yeah I, I, it's a good series it's a good series okay yeah. i'm sure this is a high water I, it's not like i can't comprehend that there are complex stories being told in this 
So it's not like I think it's bad. I just, yeah, it's just not interesting to me. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking Japanese animation. Don't give a shit well, about like, it. I like Death Note. You know, I like the Death live Note. action ones. You well, I'm sure. That. I'm sure I would like the anime. Like I and I, I liked it quite a bit as well. I still think about Death Note quite a lot. What did you? Th- when did you think about it most recently? Probably watching these because it's anime. <laughs> it's all the same body shit. Um, funnily on um on the um Death Note episode, we mentioned um they're all they're all bloody based off uh, mangas. Uh, this wasn't this. This is like oh, an original really? thing. Um, it it did have a manga based on it that came that ended up coming out before the show, but the manga is like a novelization of the oh, wow. of the show kind of thing but other uh, just before we move on to end of evangelion a uh, fun fact about the neon genesis evangelion as a whole um is that uh it's one of the highest grossing media franchises of all time wow. that's not just the films this is including and uh you know like uh merchant and, and all that and actually the highest uh like uh revenue for evangelion is pachinko sales which is like you know the little mm. you put a coin in turn yeah. the thing and a little toy comes out uh which has netted uh the franchise uh just shy of nine billion dollars what are people buying like toys of the the mix yeah so the uh, pachinko sales is about nine billion um and then uh, merchandise sales is uh two billion ish and then between home entertainment anime box office and music royalties they add up to about a billion so it's made just just shy of 12 billion dollars um it's been beaten by one two three four five six seven eight franchises we've covered before would you want to take a guess as to what would be in those uh lord of the rings no okay well that throws me out completely then um oh my god the, the highest grossing the the highest grossing media franchises of all time are pokemon at number one yeah and uh hello kitty is number two that's so strange hello kitty something i've never consumed other than knowing what the character looks like mm. um oh there'll be like the mcu and- mcu is the, the top one out, yeah. of, out of these um any others you want to venture a guess? Um, I can, otherwise, uh, I could just tell you. Just tell me. My mind is uh, so, like thinking about the series, not about other franchises. Yeah, I haven't got um, like the exact numbers for these, but these fall between mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon and Evangelion. So the MCU, uh, Transformers, Spider-Man, Barbie, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, SpongeBob, and James Bond. Yeah, Barbie really forcing its way in there just through like quantifiably more than the others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same with Yu Gi Oh, though. Like true. the actual uh, card sales would be mm, true. Yeah. Um, also worth pointing out, um, Evangelion Death True Two has no Rotten Tomatoes score. Right, but I was would you ask. Want to guess what the anime has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, uh eighty-five. Higher. Ninety higher a hundred yes it's got like <laughs> documented poor reviews how does it have a hundred huh? <laughs> people hundred <laughs> percent i'm already so tired and we're only on the first movie which isn't even a movie we're not even really on the first movie this is all <laughs> just about the anime um but so yeah a couple of years a few years later in uh 1998 uh, or 97 sorry we had uh end of evangelion mm. which was uh, a new finale for the show so mm-hmm. uh kind of what happened you'll i'll get you to go into the plot a bit more but um it's like the last two episodes of the show are like inside uh, they're very interest 
introspective mm. end of evangelions what's happening externally really right so th- it does it's not um decanonized then not a hundred percent i believe but also when we get to thrice upon a time we could talk more about that <laughs> all right well i've written an alternate ending but apparently it isn't um to the anime it, series it, it, is, it is right uh much it's more a, in, a parallel ending wikipedia calls it much more in line with the plot trajectory i wrote um nerve hq gets attacked by seal which is another organization um after discovering which, which seemingly the directors of the the voice directors never agreed on how to call how to name it um because it's pronounced uh sealy or, or um zayla right Zela. um oh, i wish yeah. i knew that's what they were talking about um so <laughs> zayla discovered I'll be that, calling it Crandall. <laughs> that gendo akari who's uh, shinji's evil dad um actually wants to use the evas for his own uh, purposes of starting the third impact which will get him his dead wife back mm. that's what's i'm not going to explain why i don't know why but that's because she died <laughs> um ray uh who is the sort of clone of the dead wife uh merges with lilith uh which breaks apart the fabric of reality and turns everyone into a primordial soup um and turns her into a giant uh larger than the earth itself uh and i wrote shinji has to get over himself and save the day mm. what did you think of this film? well what, what do you think it has on rotten tomatoes uh maybe like 78 uh you're 10 off can you guess which way 68 88 um it's also worth mentioning uh it's in the iron to be top 250 films it's number 24 on letterbox's narrative um features of all time has the 24th highest score on letterbox um it's sight and sound put it in their top 100 animated films and it's considered one of the greatest animated films of all time fucking anime fans man they they get their claws in and they make sure they're heard in every category (laughs) i did like this i i thought that um it is again i said this before i didn't really understand what was happening um but there was just this moment where there were so many bright colors flashing on the screen that my jaw was just open watching just just the most like insane visual communication i've ever seen yeah i am watching the film i like watching i was like ah this isn't as good as i wanted it to be kind of thing and then when i actually went to review it on letterboxd i was kind of like this actually got me like deeper than a lot of films i've given five stars and i did give it five stars because i give everything five stars but um it's like yeah this 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 to me was like the 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 highest heights of the i can't understand it in the way i don't understand a beautiful language that just just Mm. like it just washed over me Mm. and it was like and i realized i can't really fault it Mm. um speaking of which though you did uh brush past one very important scene quite near the start of the film um which brings us to one of our favorite segments oh problematic corner oh hello old friends hello james (laughs) um bomb so problematic corner there's 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 two scenes in this film which close to 25 years later are still the topic of hot hot debate hot fucking debate (laughs) um so uh there's two scenes we're going to talk about one is the opening scene of the film Mm. uh where shinji is in hospital we should i i feel like we should start doing 
We should stop being so flippant about problematic quarter and and be like, we're going to be talking about some, you know, if this kind of stuff upsets right. you, uh, we're going yeah. to be talking about. I did I did contact Carlisle today to see if he could write a jingle for um problematic corner, but <laughs> maybe I'll cancel that now. <laughs> If you if you don't want to, I think as long as we make it clear that like when we talk about problematic corner, we're bringing light to it. The idea of a problematic corner is fun. <laughs> the things that happen there, aren't yeah, and, and we we are we are saying these things are bad, and when we laugh and giggle, it's because we're making it's fun a nervous that, release of energy that that someone could be as blind to put something like this. In well, a okay, okay, but this is the thing though that I. I, I I really want to talk about these scenes. Okay, we can talk about because it, like because I find them fascinating, and there's a lot of um, discourse around them. But so the two scenes are serious voice. The two scenes are the, the opening scene of the film where Shinji uh, visits Asuka in the in the hospital, who is in a comatose state uh, due to the events of where we where this kind of picks up in the series, and um, he tries to to wake her up kind of thing even like shaking her like and begging her to uh call him an idiot one last time kind of thing as he shakes her uh her robe flies open and we see you know the the animated breasts we see some nudity quite a bit throughout the series not often um especially i ask her um when we see her naked she usually doesn't have nipples animated this has like quite realistically drawn like it it, it it feels like it's a big reveal of like look at these breasts you got them everybody yeah um and so it, it is kind of like that that it's like here it is we started off. we know why you came to we know why you didn't like the ending here you go <laughs> and then it cuts to uh shinji's hand covered in semen um who has um masturbated to completion um over the sight of these breasts and um he said in the original dub he says i'm so fucked up and the netflix dub he says uh, i'm the lowest of the low um we'll get to the second scene but i do want to uh talk about this scene what did you think of it um i thought it was pretty deplorable i think that um and because uh, i quite like shinji as a character but something like that really like puts you in the other direction i think that um I think there's a way to, ah, oh God, it's just, there's no getting around it. It's pretty, it's pretty brazen. And I don't think yeah. I'm going to be one around to any acceptance of it as a good creative uh, yeah. decision. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, so the, the, the kind of behind the scenes of this is that like this, this scene is, is a, a commentary from Hideaki Anno on like the, 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 him finding the sexualization of these underage girls gross mm. and being like it's essentially like this is you this is what you look like this is what you sound like and it's so it's like yeah look look it's her titties isn't that cool and then it's like look how fucking gross you are and but then there's all the stuff about how like shinji is supposed to be like his insert into the you know it's like the, the author insert mm. um so there's all this kind of stuff around it and it also so one of those things where it's like well you're the one that sexualizes them dude yeah like, it's that meme yeah. of from the eric andre show of i'm shooting hannibal and being like who shot hannibal yeah it's 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 sexualizes young female characters yeah. and why are you attracted to them yeah but um i will say so like because i've this is one of those things i've been i've been looking at 
analysis of this scene mm-hmm. um what one thing as well that's that's important to note the, the shot of his hand covered in semen is like a direct mirror of his hand in the first film covered in blood looking at ray which is what um forces him to go inside the ava because they're like oh well if you're not going to do it shinji that's fine we'll put ray in the ava mm-hmm. and ray is there like bandaged and brew can't stand on her own and so it's, it's supposed to mirror that but yeah, the, the breakdown I saw on Reddit uh, mentions that, like, think about what's happened to Shinji in the last couple of days leading up to this incident. He's forced to heavily injure his friend. He thought he killed him. Um, he then see both Asuka and Ray almost get killed. Um, his mentor, Kaji, dies. Um, he Asuka then gets her mind essentially destroyed, and he is not allowed to help. Ray sacrifices herself. Um, blowing up in front of him he's shown that ray is a clone and all the rays are blowing up in front of him one of the angels kind of shows him kindness and he falls for it uh and then he meets someone who is the first real friend he's had and then has to fucking uh decapitate him Mm. and it's this kind of thing of like you get into this where he's this is him starting because he spends a lot of the, the the film in like a catatonic state and it's him kind of losing his humanity, which becomes a theme of the later movies as well. And that he's reduced to like a primal urge. And that is see mm. boobs get horny. <laughs> and this is one of those artists getting lost in their own art things. Whereas like yeah. you can explain the, artistic the rich artistic integrity to the scene to like i don't know a a female rights activist and they'll be like what's evangelion (laughs) like you know (laughs) it's like at what point does art not matter i guess yeah some also to be the opening scene of the movie is fucking bold (laughs) yeah and i just think that there are sometimes sometimes i don't think things are worth it sometimes i don't think what would you have done um i probably I think you could show that he's that he's. Or you know what would be more? I think I think part of the problem. Well, okay, visually part of the problem is that you see a naked her naked. I I don't mm. think you need to see that. But I think part of the problem is almost that he's doing it with her in the room. If it like shows him like leave the room and he goes into like the hospital bathroom or something like that, I think mm. then we're in a bit of a better space. And I, if anything, that that sort of like mm. speaks to the the yeah. a moment to himself. I mean, um, a little more. what would you do if you were Shinji? Oh, I wouldn't do it. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, it is funny that the, the thing about this scene though. This it feels like a plot beat out of Big Mouth. <laughs> like, I you could one hundred percent see Andrew doing this. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but I do also like it's one of those scenes that is this very shocking thing, and you can debate whether or not that it's valid. But um, I do kind of love the way it ties into the ending though that um because yeah the ending is this this quite uh shinji rejects instrumentality and is able to stop the third impact essentially um and regain his humanity he wakes up on this beach with asuka there and he starts choking her um why does he do that i didn't understand yeah um it's it's a whole thing it's one of those it's it's twin peaks aj it's yeah it is um and she it's a beautiful language you don't understand she um (laughs) caresses his cheek and says how disgusting and it's this funny thing of like because she says it's this thing of like realizing 
their humanity and, and choking her as this kind of like the primal urges taking over and whatnot again. But um, the fact that like by caressing his face, she's a, she's kind of admitting like that she still loves him or still has, you know, cares for him. Um, but just saying like how disgusting is I saw you jerk off to me. <laughs> um, and that was like how, because the, the line was originally something like, um, I'd hate to be killed by a, a, a bucker like you. Mm. Um, and it was actually the voice actor's idea. And, um, and the, the, the director was like, well, okay, what would you say if you found out someone jerked off to you in the hospital? And that was what mm. came from it. No pun intended. Yeah. Scene two. Second problematic scene. Okay. There's another scene in the film where, um, Misato has been, uh, fatally wounded. Uh, she's been shot and, um, Shinji is, really just being a sussy bucker and uh won't he's out he's humanity's last hope to stop instrumentality um and to motivate him i guess um misato gives shinji an adult kiss Mm. like a proper not just a pick like a proper you know she full-on kisses him and it implies more or less says um if you go do this when you get back we'll have sex and and that's and that's the, that's the real motivation that Shinji needs. And this was one of these that like a lot of people are like, oh, they they fucking ruined Misato's character. She's a fucking they made her into a pedophile. And I really liked this scene. <laughs> and I'm curious to know what you thought of it. Well, it's not like it's out of nowhere. The in the first episode yeah. of the show, when she calls up, um, when she decides that she's going to take ward of Shinji, she calls up Ritsuko and says. Um, you know he's 14 it's not like I'm gonna try anything with him and Ritsuko's mm. like why would you even say that which is great because yeah. that was my reaction why would yeah. you even say that yeah um, and so it it is it is I didn't it didn't come out of nowhere for me yeah. I think um there is a why does it have to be like what <laughs> there's a way to do that scene without it being so like devoid of any kind of like i don't know i don't know what you you just talk about it i i think it's probably unnecessary no like i i think it's really interesting as an insight into misato's character because misato was uh like an ava pilot during the second impact 15 years ago um and so there's this horrific traumatic experience for her and she's a you know very attractive woman she's 29 so like i can say that (laughs) um but she's one of these people that kind of only has has only people have only ever wanted her body and she's thought that that's all she had to offer to people there is a moment in this in the series another one that's like the subject of debate but does have kind of a definitive answer from the creator um and i'll be interested to see if you picked up on this but it's one of the moments where shinji's completely catatonic and misato comes into his room and says like you know is there anything i can do for you like like how are you feeling and she says something like well, the only thing I can do for you is this. And she puts her hand on his hand and he pulls away and you know, says, I, I don't I don't want to talk about it. In that scene, did you think that she was offering him sex? No, I didn't. I do remember the scene though. Because uh, that's absolutely what she was doing in that scene, <laughs> which is what people are like, oh, you know, this thing. But it, it is, it's to me, it's, it's less of like a, oh, she's a predator or whatever. But it's like, it's this, this woman who, because uh, she's she's an alcoholic, her self esteem is so low that she doesn't 
understand that she has other things to offer you know like mm-hmm. she's she's only ever been told this and this does when she has this unhealthy relationship with kaji this on again off again thing but yet like she literally doesn't know how to comfort someone without using her body mm-hmm. and it's this and it's the sad scene for, for both of them and i think that it's the same kind of thing because she she is this object of lust throughout the series like not just for shinji like kind of least for shinji because he lives with her and he um and he's like oh she's gross she she drinks a lot and she doesn't cook for herself which again she poops which again are like these are symptoms of a very depressed person you know mm-hmm. um but misato's the 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 peppy um bubbly kind of one and i think that in her final moments um being like well, look okay I've got this horny 14-year-old boy who is humanity's last hope. I mean, offer to sleep with him. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it, it, it feels like it's true to the character and it is like, it's, it, I mean, it's it's almost a comedic beat that it's like, yeah, what, what can I do to motivate mm. a 14-year-old boy? And the kiss is like, I think it's like, even though it is like this quite a sensual kiss um, when you know, you could probably get away with a scene like that where she'd like pecks him on the lips. Um, like at the end of Kick-Ass 2, which I know is a, a kiss you like, and even though the movie's garbage, but we've talked about that scene before, that mm. when Hit Girl kisses Kick-Ass, um, and it's this thing of like, I don't understand what this means really, but mm. I know it's the thing you do to someone you care about. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it, it's a it's a great insight into Misato's mm. character and it shows her desperation in that moment. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, it's like it's the payoff to this this whole kind of depression arc that's hidden under a bubbly personality. Mm. Uh, and look, I, I understand what you're saying. I would say that um, for all of those listening who disagree, let me put it this way. We're wanting to give you the full anime experience here, and it's not anime without an anime fan desperately trying to redeem an unredeemable scene from something. I feel like this is very true to to the spirit of anime. So um, there you go. Two things there. One, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an anime fan. Wow. I, I, I yeah. I I, <laughs> I I like stuff. It, some of it happens to be anime mm-hmm. and i wouldn't yes, i wouldn't call yes, this yes i have a Mitsato body pillow i've, I've looked into not- i do have a body pillow because <laughs> I, I find it incredibly comfortable and i have looked into getting um the, the vincent the, um sent me a very funny one where she's naked and has like a pistol between her breasts it's, it's very funny but um <laughs> um so i might get that but um where was it yeah i, I don't think the scene's irredeemable as well I like, especially if you compare it to the to the, the other scene we had in Problematic Corner. This is nothing. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah I get it. Um, yeah, and uh, I think it's a great scene. But <laughs> this movie is. Um, do you remember that episode of SpongeBob where he refuses to go outside because he's scared? Yeah. And then when he finally does um, a live action gorilla or man in a gorilla suit. Um, rips him apart and he says wait how does it how's there a gorilla underwater and the man in the gorilla suit goes oh well it's it's funny you should say that then he jumps on a guy in a horse suit and rides off into the sunset um and then it cuts to the family again live action watching this on the tv and they turn the tv off i legit don't remember that you don't remember that i don't remember that that's how the episode i I vaguely remember the man in the gorilla suit yeah no that was my favorite
favorite episode of SpongeBob. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen at the time. <laughs> it is very funny. And that's what this movie is. It gets so buck wild that then it literally cuts to live action footage of people yeah. sitting there watching a movie. Yeah, and one of the dudes in the front row is holding uh, Ray and Oscar plushies. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought that was a fun comparison to draw that it's essentially the same beat, but one is played for it drama is. and one is played yeah. for comedy. Uh, but yeah, and like the, the animation gets really experimental. Like, like you said, it goes like, storyboards and like crayon mm. drawings and stuff like that and it's it's super interesting because it's like as the the characters are losing everyone in the world is losing their humanity that the shows millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The, the, the film was like losing its mm. structure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought this film was, was gorgeous. Um, I liked it. And I, I'm just fuck, man. Like uh, I, I should have mentioned this at the start, but my god, the research for this episode, mm. like never before in the history of this podcast have I felt so much like I'm just scratching the surface. I've been like watching Evangelion Explained videos. There's so many Wikipedia pages <laughs> for like characters. I didn't even fucking touch the Ava wikis. I mm. touched them a little bit, but I didn't. Um, like normally those are like when they when you do these these um, franchises with like great lore and all the stuff that it's like they're this these super interesting wells and it's like i just couldn't bear to dive into those because there is just so much beneath the surface on this franchise so much on the surface mm. that like y- y- i don't even get um but like all, all the main characters have their own wikipedia pages which are fucking like longer than most of the films we watch <laughs> for this there's like um, there's a Wikipedia page for themes in Evangelion, which is the first time I've I've seen them before, but first time I've seen it on the doing research for this podcast. Um, all the angels like have Wikipedia have a Wikipedia page that like goes into detail about their names and and all the stuff. And same with all the Avas, and it's like I I am kind of excited to to watch this franchise again and to really dive into it. But oh my god, it's it's there's going to be so much. You said to me um, earlier today something about missing something out and i was like dude you you, you could fill a warehouse with the yeah. shit that i am not going to get to or not going to be able to articulate it's well did you you had time to dive into dumb imdb trivia though right um it's actually not that dumb oh, unfortunately how is it not that this is diehard fans that's the hallmark of dumb imdb trivia yeah it, it is actually i i wonder if there is some kind of like if it's on the wikis or if there's like a, a japanese equivalent but they're incredibly light on trivia wow actually um overall um and what's there wasn't dumb enough to <laughs> to copy over unfortunately okay anything else to say on end of evangelion uh just that it's an experience and it's it was enjoyable i liked it yeah this would have been great to see like on the big screen mm. yeah hot damn all right um so then um a few years later um we had the rebuild of evangelion series uh which started <laughs> which started in 2007 so with with evangelion 1.0 you are not alone and then was going to have the second film at the start of 2008 and the third and fourth 
uh, as a double release at the end of 2008. <laughs> that is not what happened. No, uh, no. They came out in 2007, 2009, 2012, and a couple months ago in 2021. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to come out last year, but it was delayed because of the pandemic. This is the most recent franchise film we've watched for the podcast? Uh, if you go off the North American release date, it is. Um, Fear Street is more recent than the Japanese True. release. True. Uh, okay, well... What what's the deal? Why was that? These- what's the deal with why- the rebuild of MAN? <laughs> why was a rebuild deemed necessary? Um, so essentially, like he 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 wanted to recreate Ava as it was meant to be. It, it's surprisingly, I mean, not that surprisingly for the franchise, but it's like surprisingly inconcise. <laughs> um of like why it it happened it just did and then it was like well well as the the thing went on it was like yeah i'm so glad to finally be able to do this and it's like i think that just uh, having all these extra ideas Mm. um and and wanting to do evangelion the the way it was always supposed to be uh done Mm. but the the kind of the the joke among and it's not entirely untrue but about the rebuild series is that the original uh, franchise the 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 neon genesis through to end he was incredibly depressed and and it's you know very much shown in the themes of it and Mm -hmm. it's and it's him dealing with his depression and then he made the rebuilds when he wasn't depressed and so it's like what would this look like if a happy person made it although between three and four he did uh fall into a deep depression and that's why it took nine years to come out right Okay. What is Evangelion 1.0 or 1.11 you are not alone about? All right, so it's a pretty faithful retelling of maybe the first half of the anime first series. six episodes. First six episodes. Oh, not the first half then. Um, so yeah, Shinji is a little boy who's recruited to pilot a giant robot and defeat monsters known as angels. It tells the story uh, from the beginning up until, um, I guess, the episode six where Rei uh, nearly dies in an angel fight and Shinji breaks open her Ava door to make sure she's all right. And it's sort of a sweet moment. I thought a really good place to end the movies. And overall, at least the first two rebuild films, I was like, this is like, you look at something like the death note, um, 2016, 2017 Mm. American one, where it's like cramming episodes worth of story into a 10, 10 minutes and stuff. And it's like, this is a series, which, if you watch all the episodes probably roughly is the equivalent to a four movie series. And so they take their time Mm. with it. They cut out a lot of the stuff, which would feel episodic. So it doesn't feel like it's monster of the week. And there, um, this one, I was, I was actually very surprised at how frame for frame Mm. 1.11 was. I Mm. thought, I thought like, I wasn't expecting it to be, um, because the others aren't, but this one feels like it's like just re- redrawing so much of, mm. you know, of the of the of the first six episodes of the series, uh, and yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, um, and the the kind of the, one of the biggest changes is that um, uh, Kawaru is interested is in, introduced introduced. Um, yeah. He's interested in this film, mm. uh, so interested that he was able to uh, make an appearance uh, at the end of the film. He's on Earth. Uh, on on the moon i mean he looks towards earth and notes that the third one hasn't changed at all and he looks forward to meeting shinji yeah and again like that is i do like 
the like it's there's a joy i get to watching movies which are adapting something and you usually see it in superheroes um Mm. and superhero movies and stuff but it does kind of work here where it's it's cool to see like to to envision this series as as a as multiple movies instead of a tv show because i like that um asuka is not in the first film for example. Mm. And I think, I think there's some really cool stuff. And like the second one's the one where like different characters get introduced and this, the plot gets more complicated, but this was just a really good setup. If you'd never seen the anime, this is Mm. like, this is the world. And here is sort of the first climactic milestone that these two characters, Shinji and Ray reach as their relationship progresses in it. Yeah. And I would kind of say, if you are interested in Evangelion, but don't want to watch 26 episodes, you could probably pretty comfortably watch 1.0 and 2.0 and then start from like episode 18 mm. because yeah. that that's when it really diverges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so try that out um, and then watch your like episode 18 through 24 and then watch End of Evangelion and then watch... 3.33 and one and three plus one there must be so many uh different orders in which people watch these for sure machete orders and things um although there is like a, a reason we'll get to later on why that's maybe not the best idea but yeah like it's it's so hard to talk about these film by film because it is such an overarching story but i mean yeah, to be I, honest I, everything i've said about you are not alone i've already said about the anime and exactly so what does it have on ron tomatoes uh, what do you think it has? I would. I feel like there's no reason why people wouldn't like this if they like mm. the anime. So I would guess maybe ninety five. Twelve percent. Really? No, sixty seven. Really? So it yeah, wasn't. Which is still like yeah, not not uh, incredible. Wow! I would have thought people would eat this up. I, I would have thought that mm, this was no, 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 no. exactly what people are after. Yeah, I mean, it is like... I probably liked it more than the first six episodes of the anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I did as well. And uh, But it, but it is like, yeah, this is very like... Would this hook you? Mm. you Should know? we talk about this in tandem with You Cannot Advance? Then? Yeah, yeah. So You Cannot Advance um, came out uh, in... God, we're, we're the bloody hell out of 2009 i've already said that so i should have just been able to pull that out of my head yeah and then uh what is this one about so this is a more looser retelling of the second series of episodes yeah yeah, of um of the anime it introduces asuka who again is the third ava pilot and ryoji with a new last name does she really Mm. shitakami i didn't know that um shikinami and we also meet Ryoji in this one, as well as a new Ava pilot who was not in the anime. Um, and her name is Mari Illustrious Makanami, is her full name, mm. um, who is the pilot of Ava Unit 5, uh, who, uh, which I was like, why is there, five, or was it 6? They they skip numbers in this, and it's very curious. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't really have much in this movie. But she is introduced in this movie. It actually opens with her um, defeating an angel. Um, so this tells the story up until the angel takes hold of, of Ava Unit 3 and Shinji's Ava kills it against Shinji's will. Although instead of mm. um, Toji being in the mech in this one, that plot point is completely changed to mm. uh, Asuka is in, is in Unit 3. And so he's, which like makes a lot more sense, I think. Mm. To, to, to it's, That's a great change. It's, it's Yeah, yeah to, to, to make it a much more relevant character. I actually thought it was kind of dumb in 
the anime that they graduate Toji from being like a specific a guy, a, a guy who punches Shinji in the face in the second episode. Yeah, to being like a pilot. Um, and I like it's, it's sort of one of those things where it's like play with the toys you have. See if you can tell a story with the toys you have mm. instead of pulling something from outside. Um, I think I thought that made more sense. Um, and I don't really understand why Mari was in the story at all because she then uh, teams up with Ray, who they attempt to defeat the the angel that that is responsible for all of this. Um, and it felt like you could just do everything with Asuka and Ray. I don't really understand why Mari. In fact, I'll say it, the whole series, I don't understand the point of the character. It's like we introduced this new character, which very much could just have her plot points fulfilled by the other yeah. two characters. She, she's pretty, um, uh, she's kind of like the Evangelion universe's Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, and that, you know, people are like, what, who is this new woman character? <laughs> and why is she in my, like, um, yeah, she's not a, she's not a very beloved character by fans from what I can gather. Mm. But I think, you know, young girls are able to look up to her. But Okay, okay but of- the difference between something like Captain Marvel and this, though, is that, like, out of the... I would say there are four main characters in Ava, yeah. and three of them are girls. So it's yeah, not, yeah, like... Yeah. It's not exactly the same. Yeah, but 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 it is that kind of thing of, like, oh, you, you know, like, there's there's a veneer of sexism to right. why people don't like the character when you read people talk about I it. Won't, I won't fight that there's a veneer of sexism in an anime uh, community fandom yeah. <laughs> response to something um so yeah after ray um ray tries to fight the angel is absorbed by the angel and so shinji makes the his ava go full has again full sicko mode, mode to rescue her um and he merges himself with ava unit one causing him to disappear while he's trying to get ray out of the angel and this starts the third impact question mark question mark question mark which is not what happened in the anime it's similar but the i don't i don't believe the third impact has started because of this in the anime that's right yeah yeah the ava becomes a divine being but then um in a post-credit scene Mm. the ava unit one is impaled in the middle of its apotheosis um and stops the third impact so in the future films it's referred to as the n3i the near third impact and this thing where it almost happened, but it was stopped. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, 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 one thing I thought was really interesting about this film is that, um, is that the there's like the the first time you meet Asuka in the uh, anime, it's like it's the the now the the angel at sea episode, yeah. and in this, it's like they reference. That's not how they meet, but they do get on a ship and and go to an aquarium and stuff, and it's it's almost like it's referencing the these mm. things um very similar and this is an aj reference not a i don't know if you'll understand this fully richard but the uh the new odd world game um odd world is, is a, a, is shit, a, a eh? video game series <laughs> i i care very deeply about and the new one is was pitched as like a reimagining of the second game in the series mm. and in it is in that like the second game starts in a mine and then in the remake it's like a mine is referenced but it's like it's not the same plot beats it's the same set pieces but utilizing a different it reminded me of that um Mm. the one one thing i didn't like was that uh shinji finds out that um asuka is in ava unit three before he decides he doesn't want to kill 
and Ava because I think there was something more powerful to him just knowing there was someone in there. There was a kid in there. Yeah, yeah, and then discovering that it was a friend or 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 a loved one. I, and all of this is, re- is a lot more interesting as well because I did think Toji as a character in the first and and you are not alone and you cannot advance is built up so much better and like established so, so in such a far better way than how he was in the anime that I've, when it got to this point I was like right they're building his character because now they yeah, know that he's gonna this, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be the one that pilots Unit Three and then he's not and it's like oh okay uh, hmm. I guess that doesn't mean anything then. <laughs> But yeah, I that that was really my only the only thing I didn't necessarily. Well, like one about. thing I loved about this though, and this is so funny that we did this last week. When mm. did we do that? That this the rebuild of Evangelion is essentially a what if? What if Asuka was piloting mm. that over? Yeah, that yeah, it, yeah. Like it's it's so much is, and then because you will as we'll see three and three plus one or four, like like really it's like they're completely different they're completely new Hmm. stories because of this one change yeah yeah um yeah i would say that both of these movies do a great job of taking a series which for the most part can be very episodic and making it feel like it more naturally the story beats more naturally flow into each other um i mean you lose a few things i noticed there wasn't the scene where she's like well maybe we should just kiss then um which i quite like from the anime mm. and there's also the, the whole storyline of them having to sync up um and they learn a dance move together yeah true. Um, that's because the they need to um learn to work together and synchronize their moves to mm. defeat an angel and uh, uh, one of my favorite episodes of the anime just because yeah, it's cool yeah, seeing them yeah. bond um and i feel like the the establishment of uh ray having more of a crush on shinji is doubled down in uh 2.22 i feel like that wasn't like in in in, in the movie she specifically says things like i feel fuzzy when i'm I around fuck him. you shinji akari my son everyone also says, always says his um <laughs> says his full name all the time mm. Uh, and and so things things like that were a little and like i think why i liked these movies relatively is because you watch something you watch something like the series <laughs> and, and you go like I didn't like them <laughs> you go like this could be better this could be tweaked and so it's cool mm. to see that happen it's cool to see tweaks happen and i think yeah the con the, the biggest one being that toji and the ava is replaced with asuka is like yeah no doi that's that's like the yeah. that's like dr manhattan in the watchman movie being responsible for the attack on new york instead of it being a big squid in the graphic novel a controversial decision which the tv show um after years of saying the movie did it better the tv show did make me provide a new perspective on that debate <laughs> um but it, but it is one I of think the things. squid makes more sense well because the tv show yeah that makes well no sense. but the, the whole point is that like they need to create something to unify the world have you read and- the, the graphic novel no in the graphic novel it felt like it just came out of nowhere and i just did not understand but but it's like it needs to be something because the thing that's like there's an extraterrestrial threat um but it's owned by the u.s Mm. it's like that doesn't wouldn't really involve i guess again it's it's just what i was saying like use the toys in your toy box like it is more compelling to use some use a a character function or a catalyst that you've had all the way up until Mm. there and do that instead yeah spoilers for watchmen <laughs> uh, yeah so uh i mean i'm happy to move on to three point well only only because the the like these are just the we've already talked about what happens yeah. Yeah. in these what is what does 2.22 have on rotten tomatoes 2.22 has 
78%. So people like it more than... than yeah. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, we're going to move on to uh, Evangelion 3.33. You cannot redo. Not, of course, being in parentheses. Very funny that it's called You Cannot Redo when that's what the movie's doing. It's redo. Mm. It's re- retconning the story. Or is it? Oh, hey! What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I feel like this could be low. I think this is the worst of the rebuilds. Um, I can tell you what it doesn't have on Rotten Tomatoes, and that is a single review. <laughs> what? Why yeah. not? I have no idea. What <laughs> a strange anomaly. Yeah. I feel like people might... I, I rated all these movies exactly the same. I, I, gave the, I gave them all three and a half stars because I was like, yep, that's about the ceiling of how much I'm enjoying any of them. The um, unfamiliar ceiling. <laughs> and it's an Evangelion reference. Thank you. And I, yeah, I thought that, but I could still tell. Like, I could, I, I, at first I didn't like this one as much, um, mm. but then as it got into the um, call me by your name-esque uh, relationship between yeah. uh, Shinji and, and um, what's his first? Kaworu. <laughs> um, I thought, I thought it had a lot more to, more to offer. And was kind of interesting. Oh, I forgot. I should have mentioned this before now. There's a MacGuffin in this series called The Spear of Longinus. Mm. Uh, and I thought that was pretty funny. And I wanted been wanted to joke about that all week. But would worry it would give the game away that I'd seen the anime. Uh, that's also a biblical reference, isn't it? I've never heard of Longinus from the Bible. Um, it's Yeah, it's the person who stabbed uh, Jesus. That was Longinus? Yeah. Wow, there you go. Longinus. Um, yeah. That's not how they it's say it. It's created the uh, the last of the five holy wounds of Christ. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that it's a spear then. I don't know. I just sorry. I thought you were uh, the big Bible boy. I have not been a big Bible boy for half a decade now. <laughs> Which interestingly is less time that we've been doing the podcast. Uh, you'll you'll hear those first few episodes. AJ is very... Very Christian. I mean, when we started recording the podcast, I was well on my way out the door, though. (laughs) So, okay, what what is Evangelion 3.0 you cannot redo about? Well, it's a significant departure from the anime. It's um, after 14 years lost in space, um, Shinji returns to Earth, having not aged a day, only to discover that most of his allies from Nev have split off to make a new organization called Villy. V- uh, Villa, it's, it's pronounced, but it looks like Willy. <laughs> Wally. Um, in order to try and defeat hmm. Gendo and Nev, who uh, are now, you know, canonically yeah. like it's now out that they're the bad guys um but feeling like everyone secretly hates him which is his greatest fear uh shinji escapes villa and uh with the help of a rebel clone of ray piloting and ava returns to nerve where he makes friends with kaoru a mysterious young man who along with gendo wants shinji to pilot ava unit 13 shinji soon uh learns that his awakening of Unit 1 created the third impact, plunging the world into desolation, and that Gendo's plan is actually for Shinji to bring about a mass extinction of all uh, humanity in order to reunite with his dead wife, who is Shinji's mum slash original recipe, Ray. The final act of the film has Shinji and Kaoru 
piloting Ava-13 to retrieve these two ancient spears in order to undo the third impact, but things kind of fuck up. Kaworu dies, but the crisis is averted, and the film ends with Shinji, Clone Ray, and Asuka setting off together into the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. I, I do years, think nine this, long years. This is the best um, franchise where um, a character named Ray's lineage is real weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you don't think um, the 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 wacky dynamic of everybody loves Raymond I knew you is? Gonna say everybody loves Raymond. Well, what what else are you going to give me, bro? <laughs> yeah, this one, it, it, like, it is really interesting. This was like a big like when it starts of like okay this one's very different i did feel like part of me just wanted to see a rebuild version of end of evangelion mm. yeah but at the same time it's like do something different yeah do not? something different yeah and, and, they, and they, they certainly did i find it fucking hilarious that this does the cliche anime thing of because asuka and ray haven't aged a day um their bodies haven't um, so they still have like these fourteen-year-old bodies, mm. um, but no, no, she's twenty-eight now. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they have a way out. Yeah. They, they have a way to be like. And now these characters are at an age where it's less uh, morally dubious yeah. to ogle at them. But, but but no no no, they don't look any different. They don't look any different. Yeah. Although um, Asuka has an, an eye patch now, which is how you know, like, it, it feels like they did that. So when you buy the body pillow, if she's got an eye patch, you're like, no, this is the 28-year-old Asuka. It's fine. Mm. And she does, like, first of all, the characters could be any age between 10 and 30, like, yeah. because it's they're drawn anyway. But also, like, the, I think the, um, the, the, the performance of these older versions of the, of the characters I think is good. Yeah. I think they they do seem older, hmm. and um, also uh, Misato is like a tough general. Well, now. you didn't like that. I didn't. I'm just saying. I know why. The start of the episode, you said that it was like um, you mentioned the inconsistency of the well, character. No, it's it's more in the anime. She right. like and and you know she wakes him up when they're living together and is like drinking beer and screaming at him and joking around. And then like midway through, she gets promoted and has to become really serious. And it right. it, it didn't it didn't feel necessarily like the character. They were the same characters i guess and mm. um, mari is also there again doing not a lot toward the plot which means that which would make me feel like she's needed there as a character yeah no i'm sure i'm sure there won't be a significant uh place for her in the ending of uh all of evangelion <laughs> but yeah the, this one it, it is like it was cool to see something so different and i did love like you said the call me by your name kind of romance between kaoru kaoru mm. and shinji and in what 2012 yeah it's pretty, like that, that actually pre- predates gay people <laughs> well pretty progressive for <laughs> the time anyway um but it um yeah it, it does at the same time feel a little bit like a a bridge between it's very, it's a lot smaller for a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, like, it is a lot shorter. It's 96 yeah, minutes. Yeah. It's the shortest one. But yeah, I mean, again, like th- these kind of come in pairs. So I think mm. we can continue onwards. So, so no, there's no Rotten Tomato score. Do you know what, do you have any kind of general consensus that you're aware uh, of? Let's see. Reception, critical response. American critical reception uh, was considerably more negative than for the pre- two previous yeah. installments. Uh, a film that often substitutes obfuscation for complexity. I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Shinji's continuing struggle to come to terms with the world he's awoken into is a dreary drag on the narrative. I thought that was 
the best thing about yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah. But there is, yeah, I feel like we can we can talk about th- three plus one yeah. as well, thrice upon a time. Why are we calling these by their numbers when they all have titles mm. to call them by? Call me by call them by their that name. <laughs> nice. Uh yeah, so just a just a few months ago we we got Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 mm. Rice Upon a Time uh with which had the tagline Bye bye all of Evangelion which is such a <laughs> no, great it like, did not did it, it did it did Wow And <laughs> I like I mean I I I can't, I can't dig that to be honest this this it's it, I find it so interesting that this came out this year, but also nine years after the last one mm. because I didn't know that till I started watching these. Yeah. And so to to understand that like there was a pocket of you know a very large community that mm. I was not privy to that were like fucking stoked that Eva was coming back, mm. like that I think that's super interesting that that like this must have been such a big deal when it came out. Mm. I don't remember this being in headlines at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was aware of it and kind of, but only kind of became aware of it mm. when this was when the when this one finally received like a release date for for last year before the the right. pandemic. But does yeah, this I mean, have a Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it does have a Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you want to guess what it is? Let's go sixty-two. A hundred. Really? A hundred percent. It's okay. number ninety-eight on Letterboxd's uh, narrative features of all time, and a, a fun non-objective, uh, or no, non-subjective, an objective fact about this film is it's the sixth longest animated movie ever made. It is very long. It is. It's and two I hours and thirty-five minutes. Very sleepy by the end of it. Yeah, I actually, I, I had to. Um, uh, yeah, I, I watched this in two parts because I got to the point where I was like, I'm just too tired. I had to, wa- I had to watch 3.0 and 1.0 in two separate chunks. Um, th- I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I'm sure that's mm. why this was more well-received. Yeah. Um, but so so this one, the kind of development of it, like I mentioned, Arno Hideaki Arno, the creator, like went into a depression, felt like he couldn't finish it. And he... Like he 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 said that like Shinji had kind of grown out of like he'd grown out of Shinji and he was now kind of closer aligned with Gendo and couldn't get into the mindset. So he had actually all these meetings with Shinji's voice actress to help get back into the mindset of it, kind of thing. Um, wow! But yeah, it was this 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 huge thing like this this one the development like, section on Wikipedia is longer than like most of the other films and type wikipedia pages put together mm-hmm. um there's a behind the scenes documentary about it where um the crew followed production for 1200 days it's on uh amazon prime i was going to watch it that, and then yeah. i forgot about it but apparently it's like it's kind of unfair on hideaki Anno, apparently oh wow like it, it makes him the second half makes him look a lot worse than he is apparently well this thing that was sanctioned by evangelion as a ip mm, i guess <laughs> That's very odd. Yeah, I mean this this was took took a took a long fucking time to to actually come out. Um because mm. yeah, you just got all these other things. I mean, one the Japanese equivalent of an Oscar for for Shin Godzilla. And this is called Shin Evangelion. We'll get some... to that in titles. Okay, but yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, just so, just because uh, there's so much to go over with right. the titles. Okay, well, Asuka, Clone Ray, and a traumatized and pretty useless Shinji um, find a village of survivors uh, where they are able to live in peace for a while. However, after Clone Ray's uh, head explodes because she's too far removed from her designed purpose or, like, the the, the fluid that... The LCL, she... Um, 
yeah, she requires constant exposure to LCL, which is mm. the fluid inside the plug, and the plug is what they sit in where that's jammed into the avus right. spine. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so also she, that's the primordial ooze. Right. So after she after her head explodes, um, the the remaining main characters all wind up back in the throes of war again. Uh, during a battle with Ava thirteen, Asuka sacrifices herself to try and kill it, but winds up absorbed by it. So Shinji steps up to the plate, and in a, in a line which I could tell if I was a bigger fan of the series would have had me standing up in the cinema cheering when he's like, um, what, what's it? What, he says like, uh, Miss Kats, Miss Katsuragi let me pilot over unit one. And yeah. it was like, this is one of those moments, you know? <laughs> um, so he pilots again and he fights his dad, which I was like, of course this is how you end Evangelion. Yeah. How did it take fucking 30 years to get to this stage? Of course they should fight. Mm. That's that's the, that's what this whole thing has been built. I hated Gendo. Such a bad, bad like, dad and, like, mm. villainous character. I, I, like, I didn't realise how much I wanted this to be the final boss <laughs> yeah. of the series. Um, but and, they fight in, like, an anti-universe. Yeah, yeah. Because Gendo has, has abandoned his humanity yeah. and has transcended yeah um but uh i mean shinji defeats him and saves everyone so, like pulls everyone out of the the upside down the ether whatever you want to call it like a, a bunch of people are basically absorbed into the nothing mm. and he saves them all before he himself is saved uh, by the ghost of his mum uh, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, the film ends on what sounds like an older Shinji living peacefully in a rebuilt city with the love of his life, Mari. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, I was like, where is Asuka? I needed Richard. I she, needed- she is there. Where is she? Um, in that, that final scene at the train station um, on the opposite platform is like the entire main cast as adults. Oh, I only noticed um, Ray. Over yeah, there. yeah, no, they're all there. Okay. Still, I, I needed a scene of genuine romance or emotion between they, them. They do admit their feelings for each other, which is like a nice catharsis. Yeah. I just, oh, fuck, I needed something a little mm. more than that. Although, like, you you don't necessarily have to read Mari and Shinji's final scene as romantic. I, I, and I don't necessarily do read it that way. It's more that I don't know what this character offered to the story. Yeah. And I don't know why, why would you, if you're going to have that scene, why do you choose Mari as the character to do that final moment? With? Yeah. But so, so like Hideaki Anno d- talked a lot about how he was going to destroy Evangelion, um, which is like, you know, back in 2006, he was saying this um, and talked a lot about the character of Mari and like adding this new thing that was going to destroy it and all, and all this stuff. But it's like, he actually meant it incredibly literally because the, it, the end of this movie has like Shinji and Ray on the set of Evangelion, mm. the deconstructed set, which is the actual set where they did some motion capture for the Ava fights, while projected behind them is the title cards of all every episode of Neo yeah. Genesis Evangelion, finishing with the 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 title still in like, you know, 480p, um, mm. when the rest of the scene is, you know, beautiful 4K. I quite liked that. It was I, great. I, was like, I, li- I loved it. This that. is the kind of like baffling weird decision that I was hoping for. And he fucking says he's gonna create a new world, a neon genesis. And it's like, yeah. oh that's what that meant the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so he's going to create a world 
without Evangelions when he rejects instrumentality, uh, which is you know the right combination of of, of everyone the fourth impact. Yeah, and so that, is that's, that what that final scene is? It's the Neon Genesis. It's the it's the new world that that Shinji, Shinji, Shinji has created. And the other thing, when I mentioned before, when I said, "Or is it?" Um, and you were like, mm, "Is that this film uh, kind of pretty much confirms a fan theory that the rebuild uh, is not actually a remake but a sequel to the anime and End of right. Galleon. So you may have noticed at the um, and as far back as the first um, is You Are Not Alone, uh, the sea is now red. Yeah, I did notice that. I just thought that was a cool stylus. Which is like, you know, they just said, oh, we'll make the sea red. Uh, the sea going red is from the end of Evangelion. And there's also a blood, a streak of blood on the moon uh, that we see in the rebuilds that was put there in the original series. And so there was like all these kind of fan theories about... That oh, it's not great. actually that's a sequel. Brilliant. This is a time loop or like parallel universes, whatnot. And this film essentially, Kaoru, uh, there's like a bunch of coffins on the moon, which are all the versions of Kaoru. And he talks, when he talks about looking forward to meeting Shinji, because he already knows who he is, because essentially he's stuck in this time loop of uh, go down to Earth, make Shinji feel good, the apocalypse happens anyway, kind of thing. And this one, it's finally Shinji makes Kaoru feel good. And it's able to break the cycle and the world is able, in its next reboot, um, is able to be free of Evangelions, Mm. which is not super clear in the text, (laughs) but it's there. Uh, And this was one of those things that that I I had heard, I, I, uh, I saw some articles and stuff from before three plus one came out talking about, um fan theory these are actually sequels and then if you look at articles after it comes out it's like it explicitly confirms it i don't know how like there are still people that say like no it's not explicitly confirmed so it is i think probably open to a bit of interpretation but i quite like that interpretation yeah um and i i liked i liked that you see just bizarrely the show projected on on a screen mm. in it in this sort of like other realm where where shinji fights his dad another another similar thing is that um it repeats the kind of imagery of of a giant floating ray ayanami head mm. but in this it's what it's like a photo realistic or like a yeah a live action footage of a woman it's made done up to eh? look like look like ray uh very cool i thought mm. um, and, and, added, and also the final ray. shot of the film um is like it's like a a 2d shot that as it pulls up it turns to 3d cgi and also then turns to a live action shot of Mm. um hakone japan which is hideaki ano's hometown Mm. yeah and it's it's like this very subtle thing where you're like is that 3d it's no way that's real isn't it and it actually Mm. goes through all three um stages but yeah as an ending of evangelion of as the bye-bye to all of evangelion Mm. i this is actually one of those ones that I've liked it the more I read about it, you know? And I liked it as well. I liked, um, as as it was ending, despite, fuck, I wish Asuka was in that last. It's like this thing where it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> like it's, it's so close to being really satisfying. Um, I did, I did, as it was ending and the, the music was playing, I was like, th- I can put myself into the shoes of someone who's been following this series for decades mm. and feel like this is a really cathartic place to take it yeah well it's 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 shinji getting a happy ending as well which yeah. is he's needed for 25 years well he gave himself one at the start of end of evangelion 
a happy end of Evangelion. <laughs> uh, so that is Evangelion. Is that it? Yep. What you well? What do you think of <laughs> what do you think of the rebuild series as as a whole? How do you compare the? How do you rank? Uh, it, it's interesting because now having seen all of them, I think I still think you should watch. Like the best way to watch is to watch everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Whereas I was kind of expecting that it's like just watch the rebuilds; they're fine on their own. They are like you, mm. you'll still have a good time. You'll still be able to follow everything. But the like the kind of hidden time loop stuff it's really interesting is like this whole other thing and i think and you'll get more out of it and also and looking at it essentially as like a what if Mm. is is really interesting as well Mm. Mm. yeah Mm. it's interesting i think um yeah i don't know there's so much stuff i didn't understand and it was just sort of a floating along this river of like picking LCL. up what i what i what i could i don't see i don't really know what that means um you mm. know picking up what i could and um trying to enjoy the parts that i that i understood and look everybody overall this isn't my favorite thing in the world but i feel like i've consumed an intelligent an intelligently told emotional story you nice know? well that's yeah. what you, that's all you can really hope for isn't it mm. um all right are you ready to talk about titles yeah, let's talk about titles because we talk about titles a lot on this podcast and I'm less pissed off by these titles as I am just like, I don't get it. I don't get what you're doing. Mm. Why are they decimal numbers? Why is the last one um, two numbers instead of Yeah, because the, the only four? way it's really motivated is that there's like an Ava something plus something plus something mm. and it's like, okay, I guess there's addition in the film so you put it in the <laughs> yeah. title. And like, I don't really understand uh you are not alone you cannot advance you cannot redo or thrice upon a time that's the only part i'm annoyed is that there's no parenthetical not in mm. the in the final title but um yeah the the japanese titles as you mentioned them are actually really so they're uh, anglicized are like evangelion shin uh geki joban and then uh that's the first three are called that and then joe ha and q which uh, roughly correspond to beginning, middle, and end, mm-hmm. which is um, it's usually to describe the acts of a play. Mm-hmm. And th- th- there's all this stuff about um, uh, oh, sorry, uh, your Q K K Y U um, is actually is used is represented with the Roman like the the English letter Q, uh, which stands for quickening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's for the third film. The fourth film is called shin evangelion uh geki Jaban. and then uh <laughs> this is where it gets kind of complex so they, they put shit at the, at the start of this one i think maybe to capitalize a little bit on shin godzilla mm-hmm. but the end of the title that so has a colon and then has it was announced that the 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 full title would end with uh what's a, a final bar line, which is a musical denotation uh, of like two lines, a, th- a thin one and a thick one, to to you know be represent the end. However, the actual one is that with two dots ahead of it, which is the end repeat sign, which tells you that the song or, or the the music repeats, and no pronunciation has been given for this. Okay. So it's like it's the uh the, the it's impronounceable. Do you have any theories on the English subtitles? Like what does thrice upon a time refer to? Uh I believe it's actually again it's like a biblical it's it's a reference to something. 
but I don't know what. I thought maybe because it was the third time that ended it. Yeah. So thrice upon a time, because it's like we've do- we're finishing the series again. Mm. Yeah, but the, the thing about the the repeating uh, bar line is is interesting that it it kind of tells you in there, and and Hideakiano mm. has referred to it as as Evangelion as a story that repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats all the way into us here on a podcast continuing the franchise. And- a little bit. <laughs> well, I did, but before we get to that, I did want to just. What do you think of Neon Genesis Evangelion as a title? Um, I mean, I didn't know what even Neon Genesis meant until like about ten minutes ago. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's based cool. on the I've, Greek Neos meaning new mm. and Genesis meaning Genesis. Yeah, I think I I uh, probably wouldn't have called them. <laughs> I don't. These are just all like words and phrases that my stupid little english brain doesn't think of you know yeah well i mean evangelion is the made-up word it is a ma- okay i didn't i didn't even know that yeah so. i mean yeah, it's yeah. it's obviously based on like eve angelic mm. oh, right. yada, yada. yeah eve angel lion yeah oh, no never mind <laughs> uh yeah continue the franchise uh this is a segment we do where we uh pitch a continuation of the franchise that can take any form um and mm. uh i know you've got like kind of a bigger one yeah um so i what i'm gonna pitch is uh birth of evangelion oh um and i would i would love to see uh misato prequel because oh. she had this whole like she was in the second impact and to show like okay well, like the the creation of avas and making that armor that actually just you know compresses and um their power and yeah like like seeing misato and i think you could really dive and and actually make this really interesting probably quite feminist movie about um you know the, the, this woman who it, like or what, what you know what it feels like for a woman to uh feel like she's been reduced to just her body and i mean the thing about evangelion is that you can you know just make it part of the time loop kind of thing and make her you know, a stronger character who learns mm. that she has more to offer kind of thing. Yeah, nice. All right, well, so for my continue the franchise, um, I've done what I would have hoped one of us would have done. Um, well, I knew w- you were doing it. That's why I did <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Um, which is, I thought, you know, maybe this gets an English language live action uh, adaptation, you know, how they do, how they do those things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my pitch would be probably a trilogy. I think you can probably tell, the the an approximation of all six movies and pick and choose the law you want to make part of this version um across three movies i think i would i would like to keep the first two similar to the first two rebuild films and then maybe make the third one some kind of disgusting hybrid of end of Evang- evangelion and then the, the, the two rebuilds, last two yeah. rebu- rebuilds um and so the fun the funnest part of this all is uh casting our mm. main cast um so i haven't i obviously haven't done it for like every single character in the show i've picked seven who i thought were the seven main characters this does not include uh mari i, d- I don't think mari would be in my my uh american <laughs> adaptation okay so for shinji akari first of all i'm aging everyone up a little bit i'm making them 18 early 20s Hell that sort yeah. of age um so for shinji Ik- ikari i thought uh tony revelori 
is your Shinji Akari from nice. um Yeah, I was I was expecting Timothy Chalamet, but no, I'm, no, I'm no. suitably impressed. Tony Rivalori, you might have seen him uh, from Grand Budapest Hotel. He's the 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 main yeah, sort of character. Flash Thompson in the, in the, in the Flash Thompson and the Spider-Man things. Um, I would have thought you would go for Jacob Tremblay. No, 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 not at all. He's actually fourteen. <laughs> um, he's I think Tony Rivalori's in his early twenties, and um, he yeah, so he's. His performance in, in Grand Budapest Hotel shows me he can play the, the sort of timid um, mm, quite right. Really. And, I, and I actually think this could be like the the defining performance of his career, you know, and he gets a franchise on his own shoulders and and um, quite an emotional character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for Masato Kutsuragi, I have, uh, I thought, Aquafina. Why not? She's she's got a similar voice to her in the in the rebuild, and I think um, the the sort of rascally side of of Masato can can be embraced with Aquafina, um, and she's th- I think she's thirty three, so that that works yeah. out. All right, so it's going a little off the rails here for uh, Ray Ayanami, and this took me an hour to do. So I was like like. No, I won't make fun of it then. Maybe I want to be a, a casting director because it was quite fun to be like, this is the kind of actor I want for this. Mm-hmm. Who have you got? Um, We've got so- a regular Sarah Haley Finney. <laughs> so for Ray Ayanami, I was looking for like someone, you know, kind of mysterious who can potentially be uh, younger, but also you could buy that she would be older if you want to have her play the um, Shinji's mum as right. well. Um, so I cast... Uh, uh, Anna Popplewell, who you might know as Susan from the Narnia movies. Um, she's sort of got like quite quite pretty eyes, and I was looking for a, you know, like that that alienish supermodel look. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what Ray needs, and so that's uh, that's who I've cast as Ray as Anna Popple Popplewell <laughs> Pop, Popplewell. It's probably Popplewell. Mm. Um, going a bit into more um, expected categories here for Asuka Soryu, I thought Sadie Sink. No, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. It basically already plays that character yeah. in in both Stranger Things and Fear Street that she's been in already, and I think that would be that'd be a fun fun version of the character. Yep, um, and also the only canonically like white character in the series. So it's mm, like there you point. go. Um, for Gendo Akari, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, you'd got you'd have to. Right. Yeah. Do you know who actually was interested in playing him in the rebuild? Mm-hmm. Is Robin Williams, who this was his favorite TV show. Oh, he mentions it in one hour photo. He does. Yeah. That's so funny. Um. Yeah. So Giancarlo Esposito, Gus from Breaking Bad slash uh, what's his name in The Mandalorian, Gideon Moff Gideon. Um. Mm. I feel like he's got the entire you know the gravitas and and well yeah it's you like you and- you want a fucking mysterious um head of an organization yeah you get yeah. him. Um, Roji, Roji, Ryoji Kaji, uh, I cast Wyatt Russell. It's like, you know, get a hot, yeah, yeah. hot dude with a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like his role is more or less important depending on how good the, how, the actor you get is. <laughs> well, no, and like what parts of the story you're telling. I think, to be honest, I think you could probably tell this whole story without Ryoji yeah. in it, to be honest. And lastly, I cast, uh, Kaworu Nagisa. Um, and this took me the longest one because I was really trying to think of someone like freaky and mysterious. Otherworldly. Yeah. yeah, I went through a couple of options, which I... I actually think myself. <laughs> <laughs> I went through a couple of options, which I vetoed. I nearly went with Caleb Landry Jones, but I thought he's probably a bit too old. Mm. Um, I nearly went with uh, Will Poulter, but I felt like that was a bit too expected. I landed on uh, Thomas Brody Sangster, 
who's the kid from Love Actually. That's a, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. I think actually kind of looks like Kaoru. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's that's my that this and I've I've put this in a little table on a Google Doc and with pictures and everything, and I might share this on Instagram, um, and become that kind of podcast. You know, where we're <laughs> like, the, the, these are these is my this is my live action Evangelion. Mm cast that uh, my dream cast you know <laughs> yeah so yeah so uh we speaking of um you know live action we we normally also talk about uh what continuations of the franchise there has been oh yep uh and and so we'll, we'll do that now we normally do it at the start but i think uh, this is the okay. second film franchise four nights in a row where we've done it after mm. the maybe it works better this way maybe yeah, continue the franchise works better this way but there there was a, a live action film in development um for quite a while uh it was announced at Cannes in 2000 may 21st 2003 it was wow. announced we're making a live action evangelion um and weta workshop um who mm. were then uh were you know announced it as their next project after lord of the rings uh after um king kong so mm. there's uh, they were looking at different producers, directors. They hired John Woo was producing it um, and pitched it to Jerry Bruckheimer and Steven Spielberg, and it kind of it got fast tracked, I guess, in two thousand seven. After this, this is a mid two thousand Steven Spielberg mm. vibe. This has all the trimmings like of AI. Like- and Minority Report and War mm. of the Worlds, like yeah. But yeah, after Transformers, it was like let's capitalize on this, and then it just kept on kind of spinning. We were spinning until two thousand eleven, where it was like they actually were um lawsuits about it not being made and right. you know option agreements or whatnot but um there is uh concept art available from weta oh, cool. uh which shows that ray ayanami would be called ray r-a-y oscar langley would be called kate rose and misato katsuragi would be called susan whitnell oh yeah sweet I, like uh, susan whitnell is like you, the hot girl next door, like hot teacher kind of thing. Damn, Susan Whitnell. It's like, it sounds like a Doctor Who showrunner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, as well, it, it just, just talking about fan casting as well. And uh, on t- 2009, as an April Fool's joke, um, Funimation, the, the terrible. Like, Living up to their company, name released a bogus but well-known cast list for the main characters um which was going to be like t- this was to do the american um dub of the rebuilds so that would be shia labeouf as shinji Lindsay lohan as ray miley cyrus as oscar angelina jolie as misato samuel jackson as gendo and sean penn as pen pen the penguin <laughs> i didn't cast pen pen nor did we really discuss pen pen yeah. that much all of this existential shit we've been talking about, everybody, all the while, there's a little penguin, a penguin. <laughs> that hangs out as well. Yeah. Um, now, as for other continuations of the franchise, AJ, hmm. there are so fucking many of them. Oh, my God. It's insane. I, I, I'm not even going to go into all of them. I'm just going to cherry pick a few. There's there's so many. And I watched this video yesterday. It was almost an hour long. And it explained the 37 timelines of Evangelion. <laughs> it's a really, it's actually a really interesting video. And it's, it's, it's We're like, watching 37 fucking Evangelion timelines. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, why? But like, because it's the, the guy who's hosting it is, is, is very fun. And it's like this guy being like, you probably know about these three timelines and there's this whiteboard and he turns it around he's like what if i told you there was this many (laughs) and he takes you through all of them but it's like essentially like it's really interesting that like every like game and there's a lot of games um i was wondering about that 
and um and every like uh every manga adaptation there was a few ova series which are just like you know short videos um all take place in these kind of slightly alternate realities and mm-hmm. because it's evangelion and now that we know that the whole thing is a time loop it kind of is like all of these are canon in their own way but there's like there's some classic games um with the, some some of the stranger ones with um pointing out uh like there's a like detective shinji um which is like <laughs> part beat em up part puzzle part like it, it's it's <laughs> real weird shinji. <laughs> um there's um girlfriend of steel and girlfriend of steel uh two oh, what is this? <laughs> so girlfriend of steel is a dating sim um, and Girlfriend of Steel 2 is set in an alternate universe seen very briefly in the final episodes of Evangelion where we just see what the world would be like if Shinji was just a normal oh, classmate yes. with like two parents and that had got a bit of a goofy dad and then Asuka comes over and is like, quick, we're running late for school. We're going to meet the new the yes. new girl. And it's Ray and she's quirky and clumsy. Um, it's set in that universe. That's great. And it's a dating sim. And I think Kaoru is in it as well, and you can also, he's an option to date. There's, what else is there? So there's the manga I mentioned. There's a bunch of crossover series. There's a Transformers crossover. Wow. There's a pretty uh, substantial Godzilla co- crossover. Wow. Um, which started out like when when uh, Shin Godzilla came out, they'd released this whole line of like uh, Godzilla X Evangelion. So it's like there's all this merch of like um, Godzilla in uh ava galleon mix and so, uh, are these manga uh the, like just just it was like a, a campaign essentially more than right. anything so it's like there was lots of toys and posters and stuff like that but it culminated in um an Evangelion godzilla crossover ride at universal studios japan which shut one month before i was in japan Damn. um so i didn't didn't go on it i i probably would have at the time because i would have been into godzilla but i wouldn't have the evangelion stuff would have gone over my head and the whole thing would have gone over my head as well because it would have all been in japanese but it's like a ford one of those 4d kind of rides uh you, there is a video of it on youtube but my god what else there's like um the, there's an ova series um called petite eva evangelion at school um and it's it's a, you know chibi you know what chibi is i know what chibi it, is yeah so like the, the like cute small version like pop pop vinyls essentially it's that and it's them all going to school and being normal but ava unit one also goes to school with them <laughs> that's so silly <laughs> yeah there's also like there's multiple parodies um that are like official things yeah, yeah. made by one has like the original cast and it's about trying to find a better ending for the show or something it's, a <laughs> it's like there's there's so much and and again like i said like i i never before have i felt so much like i'm just barely scratching the surface <laughs> but the the thing the video i mentioned talks about that like even in advertisements where they get like there's an ad for a chic razor where which has jendo shaving his neck beard and it's beginning the shave impact there's like other things that are set in the universe of the <laughs> shave impact it's, it's it's insane there's so much <laughs> and uh it, it, it is wow. really fascinating to look into but yeah i mean obviously the the biggest contender to the franchise is the rebuild is the um do you reckon the the chic universe confirms that toxic masculinity exists in the <laughs> evangelion universe yeah or in the, at least that universe very cool well hey um I've, we've got through this in less than 
less time than I thought it would take us, which is cool. Mm. Um, and we're now going to do our favorite segment of the show, though, Richard. Um, which is, it. Which is ranked at franchise. Mm. Um, over on our letterboxd account we are stuck in this this evangelion-esque turmoil dear listeners uh we, we've de- we decided at one point that we should rank every franchise we've ever watched as we watch them and have now got to the point where neither of us really care about doing it and it can be really stressful and people get mad at us for it uh so we talked earlier in this week in the week about ranking them as two separate franchises i don't feel like we have to now i feel like there's mm. enough there to to rank it as one franchise, in my opinion. Interesting. So, uh, and that would just be starting with Death True Two. Yeah, just a movie that yeah, I guess so represents yeah. the the series, the films as a whole. Um, and yeah, I think. Um, what are you thinking? I think we can confidently say it's above the Nymphomaniac constant, mm-hmm. which we haven't talked about in a while, which is our benchmark for a true neutral zero film because it's two films and one's real good and one's real bad. Um, so I think it's confidently yeah. above which that. Which also, like, again, this is why we don't like this segment, is that, like, the, the Nymphomaniac constant is a special example. It's like normally if a film a film having one good one and one bad one would mean it's inconsistent you know and, and it's yeah, like yeah. but this is just when we were making the ranking list we thought hey that's a funny quirk yeah. um and put it in, and and made that the true neutral mm. and it's also funny to mention nymphomaniac every time yeah. we do of all the uh, franchises that's the one that's got the most play and every time i look at this i'm just baffled that Kung Fu Panda and Happy Feet are below Final Destination, Scary Movie, and the Jaws series, all of which right now I'm like, no, those two franchises are much better than those three franchises. Okay, well, anyway, who, who gives a shit? Let's, um, let's get this over and done with. Where about do you think of Evangelion? Is it better than El Mariachi? Uh, oh, you're a bit higher than I am, I think. Where Where's El Mariachi? 30. Hmm, I was thinking a bit lower. I was actually thinking around the Fright Night, Happy Death Day, 40, 41 area. Okay, whatever, who cares? Um, it's, <laughs> uh, it's the new 39. It's above Lilo and Stitch. Above Lilo and Stitch? I think that's that's great. Sure. Yeah, considering... I, think that's, I think that's really, we put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> we'll get, we're going to discontinue this segment, but I don't want to just do it. We have to figure out a way to like cap it off. Yeah, well, we, well we've talked about doing a re-ranking. Maybe what we need to do is end the podcast. That's the only way out. And then and do like a final ranking. End of pop churality. And then do a rebuild of of film franchise formats uh, where we just start again. But we've all oh, we the- start again. <laughs> we start again, but go off script halfway through and start doing new franchises. Again. Yeah, yeah. Very um, cool. Uh, all right, now what? Uh, we big bit of a bit of a you know. Come departure up, uh, from next. the norm yeah what is it so we uh, this is the part of the show called franchise roulette where we usually randomly select the next franchise that we're going to cover but because we're heading into spooktober the only themed month that cult popture officially observes mm. uh we we are going to randomly and I, 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 I don't even observe <laughs> <laughs> we're going to uh randomly select a franchise that we'll be covering in two weeks time but this is going to be from the freaky franchise list because of spooktober so on this list i've got 34 horror franchises i'm sure it's not every horror franchise um, but it's all the big ones and we're going yeah. to draw a random number between one and 34 and that will r- relate to one of these ones and that'll be the one we cover 
Uh, now I believe it, it's your turn to make me guess, right? Okay, sure. Uh, it is. Did I make you guess, Riddick? Yeah, yeah. You made me guess, Riddick. You made me. All right, but before we roll, I do just want to say that if you have enjoyed uh, listening to our show, then please consider supporting it at all the places you can like, follow, and subscribe at all the various social medias. Uh, the main ones I would say would be Twitter and Instagram, but we do have YouTube channels and Facebook pages and all that sort of thing as well. Um, and you can also support us on Patreon if you want to throw in some money, and you can also join our Discord, of which there is a link to in the description of this episode. Richard, what? give me a random number between 1 and 34, and this is going to be our spooky franchise for the first spooktober of 2021 20 what 21 turn the volume back up 21 21 21 oh wow okay well this is a trilogy richard um yeah. and it is actually i believe the same director as another trilogy we've covered recently how recently in the last couple of weeks it's not fucking David Toohey, is it? It's not David Toohey. Oh, thank it is, I, God. I think at least the first one is directed by Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Um, and it is famous for being um, about a, a monster, a specific horror movie monster uh, that you don't know it's about that for half of the first movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's from Dust to Dawn. Is this a trilogy or is it four? Yeah, there's oh, three. Yeah. It's, yeah. So we're watching the From Dusk Till Dawn trilogy over the next two weeks. That'll be what we do. Um, and so, yeah, stay tuned for that. You excited? Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've been wanting to see From Dusk Till Dawn for, for quite a while. Um, hmm. I don't know a lot about the sequels. I, I mean, I do know the big twist of From Dusk Till Dawn <laughs> um, because it's one of those classic, like, what, to, to explain why it's worth watching, I have to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those movies. So tune in for that, everybody, and please stay tuned for the post credit scene, which will be playing after this music stops. Um, but until then, bye-bye Evangelion forever, because I am never picking this up again in any, any of its various forms. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this the post credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it? This one comes to us from Joshua Cole who writes, Would you rather have gorilla arms or kangaroo legs? Oh. Um, That's actually a really good question. What, okay, let's weigh up these options. What are you thinking? um would you like yeah like how much would jumping high like really improve your life it's it's the it's the more exciting of the two I it's think. it's more it's 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 less achievable in real like gorilla arms yeah. is like because because you're essentially saying would you rather have like strength or agility mm. and uh that kind of level of agility feels unachievable Whereas the proportionate strength of a gorilla mm. feels like you could actually achieve that. But it, it, so at the same time, though, I feel like there are more real world applica uh, applications for being freakishly strong than there is for yeah. being able to jump high and yeah, also exactly. and kick people. Um, but I mean, like, I, I, you know, I'm not discounting the fact that you would have these big fucking hairy arms. Um, <laughs> but mm. I'm just saying. I already do. Look, the poet in me wants to pick kangaroo legs, but the 
the you know functional member of society knows that gorilla arms will be infinitely more yeah um handy so i'm gonna go gorilla arms because i think kangaroo legs i would start to feel sick if i bounced yeah and like you could wear a um like long sleeves and gloves mm. like that guy in um umbrella academy like that guy gorilla in, arms in gorilla arms the movie <laughs> um speaking of umbrella academy i forgot to mention this on the episode but it's still the same episode but you know it's umbrella academy is created by gerard way another character created by gerard way was uh penny parker who features in uh into the spider-verse um and in uh, the edge of spider geddon one, one of the crossovers they did uh in the comics you see her in class and all of her classmates are the cast of evangelion it's a fun little Easter egg. It all comes back round to Gorilla Arms. <laughs> Let's call this episode the Gorilla Arms franchise. We just break our format of episode naming. Yeah. This far in. All right. Mm. Put this at the start and make <laughs> Evangelion the post credit scene. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.